What's up, guys? Welcome to SpawnCast. It's a smaller group tonight, but I think it's going to work out pretty well because there are some couple topics I'm really excited to talk about that I think would be really good. Uh, let's start with Max on the left there. How are you doing, man? Uh, fantubulous as always. Good, good, good. And then, of course, we have Evan. Evan, how are how are things tonight? Uh, yeah, all right. Yeah. Been working on some uh, some stuff, some games that I actually been waiting to play. So we picked them up recently because there's a huge sale going on with Focus Interactive. So oh, was that on Steam? A look at those. Yep. I didn't, I didn't even see that. What, what's the sale going on on Steam right now? Uh, Focus Interactive, the company, just anything they've ever had, including the new game coming up, Vampire. Uh, it's apparently just going to be, I think, it's oh, down to like Farming 44 bucks. Nice. I know, right? It, just, <laughs> it reminds me immediately of that guy that uh, pre-ordered it through us. It's like, why? Why did you get this game? What is I remember you, you actually played Sticks. I remember that. Sticks was fun. Uh, it was easy. The Surge. Easy that's, a, that's a game I want to try. The Surge. I like the Surge, yeah. yeah. Oh, I see. A vamp, vamp. Is that Vampire? Is that how it's Yeah, I guess. Out? It plays, as far as we can tell, it plays like uh, Batman Arkham, uh, Arkham Asylum. Oh, interesting. Interesting. That's cool. They have a, yeah, I like those sales when that happens on, um, on Steam. Man, there's a bunch of stuff, too. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Nice. I'm going to check that out, see if there's anything good on there. Um, but I just I picked up a game today for more than retail price, so I could play it right away. So uh, that's uh, Xenoverse Two actually on the Switch. Mm. Um, it's not out till the twenty second, but it's up on the Japanese shop right now. Uh, and unfortunately, the difference in yen to USD it's like sixty three dollars or something. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of the Best Buy forty eight dollars. Uh, but it's um, I was playing that, and I'm actually a little surprised by it. We can. We can get in that in a minute. Now, Evan is going to be a little more uh, participate a little more in the discussions here because we're only down to three people. But he, he'll keep an eye on the chat. So, any yeah. questions or anything you have for him, um, you can you can kind of get to him there. But there's uh, there's some interesting interesting stuff in the news this past week. And the big one, Max did a great video on this, by the way. If you haven't watched it, go check out his channel um, because it was really interesting and it's been interesting for a while. And that that is kind of do. <laughs> Do reviewers, or I guess people in general, right, Max, that work in the industry? Yeah, game, games journalists as a whole, how skilled do you need to be to do this job well? Right. So do you have to be good at the games that you're playing to, uh, well, have that job? Like, do you have to be good at games to write about them, I guess even review them in that case? Um, because it's it's an interesting topic. And Max, why don't, you, why don't you explain a little bit about that since you did that whole video that was really well done? Okay, so recently we've seen a series of videos that have come out where people who work at gaming websites who are probably earning a pretty good paycheck are actually sitting down in front of a game to record footage that sometimes is the first we ever see of it as gamers, and it is just awful gameplay. Uh, this one recently was a guy named Dean Takahashi uh, playing Cuphead, and it took him 26 minutes to beat the tutorial and half of the first level. He doesn't understand jumping. He can't get the feel for when you're supposed to shoot. It's it's pathetic gameplay, but I don't really blame the guy. But it does bring up an interesting question of how skilled do we need to be in order to do this job well? It's interesting, isn't it? Because uh, you figure if you go to work and do something... Um, you would be good at all aspects, right, of your yeah. job. Like it doesn't matter what you're doing. Like if let's say you work at, uh, let's say you work at McDonald's and you're you're the person in the back as a cook. You figure they would also train you on how to use the register. Yeah, yeah that's it, it's it's the point where, and that's not even the thing. I mean, I figure playing the game is more crucial than running the register at that point. Um, but that that gameplay footage was tough to watch. It was he was having a hard time in everything about Cuphead. Evan, did you see the gameplay at all? 
I never really looked at the gameplay, but I mean, it's always been a pervasive thing in mm -hmm. gaming journalism as a whole. Like, mm -hmm. it's not even just can you play the game well, it's can you go into the game and not already hate it before you do. Uh, I remember it was almost a decade ago now, geez, uh, the battle between Infamous and Prototype, because both those games came out at the same time. Yep. When IGN reviewed them, the guy who reviewed Infamous was a huge fan of Marvel Comics, loved comic books, but the guy who reviewed Prototype immediately came out and was like, I hate comic book games. So, like, the scores were very obviously going to be bad for Prototype by comparison. So it's like, not even just gameplay. Do you have to give it to someone who realizes I'm playing this as a game I don't have to have like prerequisite feelings going in. I need to see this game kind of as an unbiased thing. So the perfect review guy, I think, would probably be something hard to really point out. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think yeah. that that's another really weird aspect that you bring up that I didn't even address in my video, which is a weird part of being an employee at one of those big gaming websites is a lot of times they just force them to review stuff. Like even if you don't know a certain genre very well, like uh, I'm very, very good at fighting games and first-person shooters and RPGs, but if somebody gave me a sports game, like assigned it and said, okay, cool, by the end of the week I need a thousand-word essay about why this game is good, I, I couldn't do it. My, my script would be trash because I don't know what the heck anything about that genre, but when you work at a place like IGN, occasionally you are just forced to review something you have no experience with. Yeah, it's complete lottery, apparently. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it's very odd. I don't, I don't know how that works there. I'm not part of IGN or anything, but... I can't imagine they just flip a coin. I feel like they have to at least think about who's reviewing, right? I, I, yeah, well, they do. So odd. I, I've talked to some people who work at places like IGN and GameSpot. Apparently, the head editors, like the main, main top people, figure out what all their writers' best skills are. But it eventually, sometimes it just comes down where it's like, okay, we have three RPGs coming out this month. Uh, the three RPG people are all busy, so we're going to have to give it to these three people who don't know anything about the genre. It's just the way the cards fall sometimes. Sure, sure. It's, it's it, I mean, the, the it was embarrassing bad to watch, though, because it was a tutorial oh, yeah. stage, yep. and it was basically saying jump and then dash, and it yeah. was almost like the gameplay I was watching reminds me of when you see somebody pick up a controller for the first time, and they're looking down at the controller while they're playing. You know what I mean? Like, it's like they're looking, they're trying to connect the dots of where the jump and the dash is, and, you know, where's the timing. How long was he on that pillar? I mean, it was a good, like, four or five minutes, wasn't yes. it? Yes. I, well, I counted it. It took him three and a half minutes to pass the first to jump properly. And it's really interesting watching, like, you can almost hear his mental gears trying to process the timing as he jump dashes into the same ledge hundreds of times over. And it just, it, it's the interestingness. It, it almost seemed like if you gave a surgeon who is extremely skilled at their job, a copy of Mega Man, it's like, okay, cool. You have great hand-eye coordination, but now just do this exact sequence of things. And it's like, okay, I, I just don't know what I, I can't do it. Yeah. It, it's the weirdest thing. So here's the thing. I, I think there, are, there really are two different I guess, groupings at these places. Max, you basically said in your video that uh, they, when they hire people, they're more so about their writing skills, their comprehension, yep. their really their their own, their mental dictionary, right? Is, what, is it Basically, can they write uh, a, a good, coherent article mm -hmm. that would hold up if it was on a site that's very professional, right? Not like a blog, like an actual professional site. Mm -hmm. um, not so much can you beat Dark Souls, right? Yep. Uh, but... 
it comes to a point where if they're not just doing news, so if this guy, do, do we know if he's a reviewer or if he, is he a news person? So Dean Takahashi is actually a tech reviewer. He's a guy who's really, really good at breaking down consoles. In fact, he's written a best-selling book about the history of the Xbox. So he's a guy who's been in the business for 25 years, extremely well-seasoned, but he's just one of those people that you put a controller in his hand and he can't actually play the games, which is why I thought the whole scenario was so uniquely interesting. So he's not like, uh, okay, so he's not a reviewer then. He's more so about like... He, like, he, uh, he has done some reviews, but his main shtick is definitely, let me break down an Xbox and tell you what the components are. Yeah, so, I mean, the way I look at it is if you're not, if your main job isn't to review, like the, I guess, really what you're... If your main job isn't to really even play the games, it's to kind of examine the industry, write news, things like that. I don't think it's as big of a deal if you're bad at the game, mm -hmm. I, you know, because you're not even really there to play the games. You're there to analyze, essentially write stories to provide information to people. Mm -hmm. You pro He probably doesn't even have to really ever pick up a controller. Yeah. Um, now, if it's, uh, let's say it's somebody whose job is to review games, yeah, you kind of need to be at least competent and i'm not saying like you know go out and set the world on fire when it comes to uh i don't know lap times with gran turismo or something but you kind of need to be able to beat the first level the tutorial level at least because how are you going to comment on the rest of the game otherwise yeah well i know that there was a statement that actually came out that uh one of the big reviewers for one of the big websites it's my but slipping my mind which one admitted in an interview recently that he didn't beat crash bandicoot before he reviewed it like i saw that that was polygon wasn't it I think, I think so, very... yeah. Yeah, and it was one of those things where they just said that the game was was fun and interesting, but it just unbeatable to the person who was assigned to review it. And so since they were the only person with a review copy at the company, it was kind of just like, okay, well, I mean, I haven't beaten the game, but I have enough screenshots that I can fake it, so I'm just going to write my review like I know the whole game. It's like, But if I remember right, he took points off because it was too difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I, I don't know if it's that difficult because it's this. I mean, you played it, you reviewed it. It's it's kind of the same game, isn't it, as yeah. the original one? They, they redid uh, they redid how you land. That's the biggest changes. Originally, everything was programmed on as a series of rectangles because of the original PlayStation. Now things are technically rounded off. So if you land on the edge of something, you'll slip off. So you have to be a lot more precise with your like long jumps. But it's something that you can acclimate pretty quickly to. I felt. Like, you get used to it, basically, as you yeah. play through it. You'll fail a couple times, and you'll be like, all right, i got to land closer to the middle of this platform. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, man, it, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? It, it? I think it's hard for a lot of gamers to grasp that they are probably better than most of the people who are out there reviewing games that tell them if the game's any good. Mm -hmm. um, I think it just blows their mind. Yeah, well, I think a, a thing from the other side of the fence, I think something they kind of forget is, like, the average gamer buys six games a year and then plays those all year. That's like what statistics on average people come out to six games a year, whereas the average reviewer is playing 50 games a year. So it's one of those things where it's like people, when you have less time to master each game, you are going to be worse. Like I, I consider myself extremely good at the games I review, but if it comes down to like speed runs, like you said, I'm probably not going to be in the top 10. Yeah, like we're we usually like I I know you are Max as well. I I have to pretty much jump from game to game consistently right now. Oh yeah, like five games released on the Switch, for example, and then Destiny comes out, and I'm I'm between my PS4 and the Switch left and right recording footage for Destiny Two when Philip and I played, and then jump back over to the Switch to record footage for that, and then Xenoverse, yep. and it's like it's like you look back and you're like I played like six or seven games this week just for just for like YouTube and video capture purposes. And yep. then I'm doing like retro stuff. And then I'm like, man, now I'm playing this game from 1994 or something. And it's like, man, 
Um, it's all over the place. It is. It, it, and then people will see one video and they don't realize you're playing, you're literally switch between game and game and game. And it's probably even crazier in like an IGN office, for example. Yeah. Well, there's also the weird thing of sometimes I'll beat a game and I'm recording footage all through it and then I cut it together and I like make the video and then before it even goes live I end up putting another like 10 hours into it so I get even better and then my video goes out and you see like one sloppy headshot and someone's like you're terrible at the game and I have to be like well even since then I've gotten better but in this 40 hours I can only get so good yeah yeah oh yeah yeah it's um I don't know it's just it's an interesting topic I think the idea makes sense that you should be good especially if you're getting paid like they are because I'll tell you now the people at IGN they don't make peanuts they make average to decent money yeah well uh, the problem the problem is they all live in LA and they all think that they're super super broke yeah. or so, so they all live in California so it's one of these where decent pay uh, there is not as great as decent pay like if, if I was earning that wage here in Texas I could probably afford a better apartment yeah oh yeah yeah absolutely um so, oh yeah, before we go any further, I do have lighting all around me, but my webcam is having issues, but I have like actually a pretty nice uh, piece of technology coming my way soon to actually hook up my really nice camera to the computer. So probably next Spawncast, I will look a lot different. Um, I have lighting, it's just my webcam is just doing weird stuff. Um, but any, any visual is better than, I guess, nothing. So <laughs> um, that's the way I'm going with it. Uh, okay, so... Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, did you guys, um, you guys see that there is a, this is, everyone's talking about it now in the chat. We'll, we'll address it now. There is a rumored, um, a Nintendo Direct coming in on Wednesday. Yes, I, I heard that. I don't know what to expect, but that's pretty on schedule. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been a while. It's actually been a long time since we have a Nintendo Direct. Um, a long, long time, actually. This is, I think this is the longest since the Switch was announced that we, we've gone between Nintendo Directs. And um, I would expect, if I had to take a guess... I would expect release dates for a few games. Rocket League needs a release date. Uh, Stardew Valley needs a release date. Yes. And I think at this point we need... Look, they keep doing this thing where they talk about something that's coming up right away. I don't think they would talk about Samus Returns because it's done, it's out there, people are playing it, people are reviewing it. Yeah, uh, I've um, beaten it. <laughs> yeah, you've beaten it. Um, and uh, I, don't, I don't think that's the case. I think we're going to talk about Fire Emblem Warriors. We'll probably get a release date for Xenoblade 2. Um, and then they'll hit Mario Odyssey hard, probably. Like hard, like really hard. Um, big games, the rest probably won't be announced until next year. If, if the game's not making it this year, don't expect uh, them to be announced until like January because they don't want to They don't want to uh, cloud our, uh, really our, our minds with games from next year when we, want, we need to buy stuff for Christmas time for them. Skyrim means a release date too. Weird, we don't know a release date there. It's very odd. Um, but yeah, I would I would expect if we do see. By the way, if there is a if there is a direct on Wednesday, they will probably announce it on Monday because <laughs> that's how they do it. They always give us like a day and a half to be ready mm -hmm. for it. Um, yes, we will see it. Uh, they'll talk about Monday. But th those are I mean that's all I can think of what would be there. I don't know if there's anything else that I'm missing here. I'm sure people in the chat are probably saying I, things as well. I know a lot of people uh, on Twitter were speculating that this is actually going to be very Xenoblade focused, mm. uh, Xenoblade Chronicles two, just because we've seen so much about it, but no real concrete stuff. Like we are seeing more and more gameplay finally, and we're seeing a lot of stuff. So it looks very done but we still don't have a, a solid release date so i've seen a lot of people speculate that this may be a mostly xenoblade uh, uh stream that looks like a that game the whole game looks like a massive time suck like it's gonna, it's gonna suck so much time out of our lives in that game i'm i'm so freaking ready the first one blew my mind so hardcore i'm so excited yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be and and what's crazy it's gonna be on a handheld yeah 
<laughs> that should blow people's mind. I can't believe it is, that doesn't blow more people's minds. The whole um, the whole fact that something like that is going to be on a handheld. I I know uh, Zelda is on a handheld, but I, I'm pretty confident Xenoblade is going to dwarf uh, Zelda. <laughs> Yeah, like well, the, the first one, Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, coming to the the 3DS originally was crazy. I mean, it was just so giant. Do you want to not mess with that cat? That'd be nice. Thank you. <laughs> She's messing with the bag, but yeah, it was so. Just I mean, the fact that you, the every level of that was just these humongous environments, and just walking over hills and seeing like giant robots in the distance. It was just it was crazy that it even ran. Yeah, on on a, on a 3DS, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but it's gonna be, it's gonna look good on the Switch, and it's gonna be portable. So it's gonna be interesting, especially after I got done playing Xeno, uh, uh, Xenoverse Two. I know Xenoverse Xenoblade. I posted on Twitter, and people were like, "You were playing Xeno?" Oh, <laughs> yeah, really excited. Especially after playing Xenoverse Two, which is a full PS4 Xbox One game, which it runs surprisingly well on the Switch. Is all I'm gonna say. Um, I think. I think it's going to be interesting going forward with the Switch for some of these games that come over. Like, I think L.A. Noir, which we'll get to in a second, mm-hmm. is the next one that a lot of people are really curious about when mm-hmm. it comes to comparison. Because, you know, Digital Foundry is going to do their thing, and that's fine. But just at face value, when I was just playing Xenoverse 2, I am honestly, I was sitting there, like, shocked at how close it is to the PS4 and Xbox One version. Um, it's close. It's very close. Uh, but, um, yes, okay, so L.A. Noir. Uh, you guys saw the announcement, right? It's coming back. Yep. It's I'm coming still, back. I was saying on Twitter, I am super, I honestly, I never believed those rumors for a second. And I know I'm like, <laughs> I'm one of the few, everybody now is really thrown into my face. But when I heard those rumors, I was like, mm, that's cool sounding. Didn't believe it at all. So this is a huge shock to me. Yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting. Um, and the one, I know a lot of people are excited for the switch version and that's fine. We'll get to that in a second, but we have VR support for it. Mm-hmm. Think about that game because the whole point of the game is to read the person across the table from you. And then you have VR where you're like face to face with them and you're really, you know, you're, you're scrutinizing them and you're, you're staring them down. Mm-hmm. That seems like it would be perfect for like an HTC Vive. Mm-hmm. Well, especially because looking at your notes, that was like the one complaint I ever had about the game is how someone will be like, I didn't murder my wife. And then you spend 15 minutes with their whole screen full of like notes. It'll be cool with VR because it'll make it where it's all on one of like, I look at this side and it'll probably be like all my notes to be right here next to that. And then I see them and then I basically have my selections right here. So I think it'll be a lot more intuitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting. Um, and then they talked about how there's going to be extra features added in for the Switch version. They also talked about how the PS4 and the Xbox One version is going to look really good and it's going to have 4K support. Mm-hmm. So that's cool if you're like, uh, if you have a, you know, a big 4K TV and you're, 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 um, I guess, a graphics junkie with that. Uh, but then they talk about the Switch having, they didn't really go into it, motion controls. Um, I'm not really sure what to make of that. I know there are parts in the game where you pick up a pipe, for example, and you kind of rotate it around and look at it. Yeah. Well, if that's how they're going to incorporate it, I don't know if they're going to incorporate gyro aiming because now that Splatoon 2 really showed how wet, really showed how well it can be done with something like the Switch, um, mm-hmm. a lot of people want motion controls for aiming, which sounds crazy, you know, uh, uh, d- during the Wii era, right? When that came out, people were like, eh, motion controls is gimmicky. And now, Evan, yeah, Evan even said himself, it's as close to keyboard and mouse as you're going to get with a console. Um, um, I just, It's interesting. I, I, For some reason, I don't fully think that Nintendo... I don't think Nintendo likes the idea of us actually holding our Switch Joy-Cons and pulling triggers to shoot people in the back, which you do a lot of in that game. So I'm not sure they'll go that far, but I definitely think it'll be for detective mode. 
did you see that great image? Somebody somebody made this great Photoshop like the second the news came out, and it says, "Oh, man, oh, it's a, is that this, with Mario?" Yeah, it's like this this DLC <laughs> for uh, uh, the Switch version of La Noire is crazy, and it shows Mario looking like a detective, and it's like you kidnapped the princess, and then it shows Bowser in his pimp suit, being like, "You can't prove anything." Yeah, who did that? Was that um? Oh, was that uh? Oh, what's his name? Um, I, I think it was nine I volt, nine it. volt or Mario or Wario sixty four. I don't remember who. Yeah, I thought it was Wario sixty four. I think. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was Wario. Yeah, that dude's he's that that whole account is awesome. By the way, yeah. <laughs> if you don't follow Wario sixty four, you should be. Um. Yeah, that's that's gonna be interesting. I mean, the fact that it's going to release in parity across the board is interesting and apparently according to a lot of places it's going to be ten dollars more which we assume is because of the cartridge cost at this point um but of course it's portable so people are having this thing where they're kind of going back and forth they're like yeah it's ten dollars more but it's also portable but it's ten dollars more and it's not going to look as good so it's it's this weird give and take uh, maybe you do like the portable aspect and you're fine with the, the extra cost and maybe you're just annoyed because it doesn't look as good but it costs more it's um it's it's interesting i don't i don't even know where i fall because there are certain games where i'm like yeah i want it portably and there are games where I'm like I, I don't know i don't care as much i'd rather not pay the extra 10 bucks yeah well and this is a game where details are extremely important so i understand the 4k support the idea of trying to play that on a tiny screen i don't think i'd really enjoy i i'm not sure i'm gonna buy this like it's cool but i beat the game so recently i only beat the game like four years ago and i beat it on playstation 3 and it was a great experience, but it's one of those things where it's like, I'm not sure I want to go back through it. If I do, uh, it'll probably be on either PS4 or Xbox One. And uh, I just want to get it so I can do all those DLC cases I didn't get to do before. It was really funny, Evan. Um, you, you'll think this is funny. I called the game average on Twitter and people weren't happy. <laughs> I, I really like it. It's, it's good, uh, but... It's also sad, like, that thing literally had development hell. Like, crazy bosses working people like slaves to get it done on time. I don't want, I don't want to spoil the ending, but, like, the ending. <laughs> I, I liked that, though. Really? really? <laughs> I, I liked that, and I, I liked... Uh, there were all those leaked notes. They were trying to do a sequel for a while called uh, The Prostitute Shantytown, and it was going to basically... <laughs> it, it's, it's, a, it's a certain term, actually, like how L.A. Noir is referencing like a certain era of detective right after World War II. This was going to be uh, referencing like a ch- the Chinatown serial killer that happened uh, during Vietnam. And so it was going to be like jump forward, new veteran, new thing. And there was some concept art, and they started it, and then it, uh, and then it just didn't. It just, I think the whole company fell apart. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean that'd be that'd be great for YouTube. That'd be demonetized instantly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got you got slutty people in your videos. <laughs> yeah. um, I and then now it comes down to this um, because this is a bigger deal than just Ellie Noir because this is the first time we've seen Rockstar come back to Nintendo since uh, well Chinatown Wars on the DS and that was back in two thousand and nine. It's been almost a decade uh, since Rockstar and Nintendo worked together to release something on their system. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seems like a bigger deal than just L.A. Noir because what if L.A. Noir actually sells on the Switch? What if L.A. Noir sells better on the Switch than it does in the Xbox One and the PS4, for example? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, does, you know, does. does Rockstar look at that and go, huh? <laughs> and then runs back, you know, to their headquarters and start developing for the Switch out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it'd definitely be interesting. And uh, I've seen a lot of people speculate that if this could just be something that uh, it's, a, it's a lower risk project. They already did so much work on the PC version. It's probably pretty easy to convert it to the Switch. So now it could just be like, if this sells well, then we'll try getting more of our PC games and put them over there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's that's kind of what we're looking at now, right? Is is this the test, if you will? Some people always like to say that it's it's a test where the publisher is trying out the switch, um, and that's what I, I was I was thinking about for a while. Is this their test? Capcom, you know, did their they tested the waters with um, Street Fighter and, and some other stuff, and it, it went well for them. It did a, a game that shouldn't have sold as well as it did sold well. Um, of course, I'm talking about Street Fighter that they released on the Switch, but it sold well. And now they're looking into a lot of development. We see Resident Evil Revelations is going to be releasing on the Switch alongside the other versions, and it'll be portable, of course. But is this, I mean, does Rockstar even have a certain number in mind? That's the other crazy thing. Do they, are they like, all right, it needs to sell half a million copies for us to even think about the Switch <laughs> to, as an actual serious contender? It, you know, it's, it it's seems weird. like Rockstar is weird about their sales goal. Most people like to have their sales front loaded. They say like 80% of every copy of your game that's ever going to be sold is sold in the first month. Whereas Rockstar games are pretty weird because they just have a super long sale. Like to this day, Grand Theft Auto V is still charting as one of the top selling games every single month. So I think that they could just put out L.A. Noir on the Switch just to see if it consistently sells month after month and see, okay, is it worth putting years at a time porting stuff, even if it's slightly older or slightly weirder, to put it on Switch and see how long it'll consistently sell? Yeah, I mean, could I mean GTA V on the Switch I think would do well. Um, but I can also see that costing quite a bit of money to port because that is a massive game. Well, they <laughs> could know? they could do something like uh, remember they did an Xbox 360 version of uh, Bully called Bully Ship Bully Scholarship Edition. Mm-hmm. So they could get the original Bully and try porting that over an experiment and call it like Backpack Edition since you can carry it with you. I yeah, that's that's a good one. Backpack nice. Yeah, I would I would I would buy it though. I would buy Bully again. Oh, same here on the Switch. Absolutely, even if it's like thirty bucks, I, I would still buy it because. It's portable, (laughs) Um, but it's an awesome game. And I think a lot of gamers now weren't playing games as heavily on the PS2, for example, when that was really first came out and people made a big deal about it. To this day, the 360 version, still the best version. Very odd, right? Still the best version, even over the PC version, which is weird. I I don't know how how the, the PC version is so messed up still. Um, oh, is this, uh, Gimpler to happen in, hey, wait, I feel like we've seen them before, Gimpler to happen in, that sounds familiar, maybe that was last stream, uh, every time I, okay, every time I finally catch a stream, I would donate, so glad I caught one, hoping for Switch, okay, so, Gimpler is hoping that, this is gonna go jump back to that Direct for a second, Gimpler is hoping that, uh, the Nintendo Direct would possibly be about the Virtual Console, Something we have yet to hear about. I don't think it's going to be about the Virtual Console. I'm going to tell you why. Because the Super Nintendo Classic is out yep. in like three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the only... If, if we didn't hear, if there was no Super Nintendo Classic, I would say, yes, this could be this could be the Virtual Console. But they do not want to cut that hype train down, if you will. I think that's going to be an early January thing. I think like second or third week of January, they're just going to be like, boom, Virtual Console's live. Because... That's like a a new sales window that's only been discovered in the last two years is there's this new sales window that a lot of people are trying to cash in on, which is the first 
like four weeks of the new year, that January money where everybody has gotten a bunch of Christmas stuff and gift cards and stuff and they want to spend it and they already got a bunch of stuff in their stocking so they have all the games they want and so they start looking around and buying digital stuff. So if they drop virtual console right there, it could be a very good time to cash in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But um, I would expect I would expect them to Nintendo, especially with the directs recently, has been more about the what's now than you know what's in the future. Especially right now with Christmas time coming up, I would expect them to push pretty much everything that we don't know release dates for. For example, mm-hmm. just push those heavily in, in their direct. And we probably wouldn't see anything new unless it's coming out this year. Mm-hmm. So I would just expect Skyrim release date, Xenoblade Two release date. Uh, 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 Rocket League, really say all those, really, and uh, just show off a little more. Maybe some cool little things to that. Those, you know, mm-hmm. maybe special quests for Skyrim or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, uh, some so. little like, extra little tidbits, like Bowser's an optional side boss, like sure. something to get that last little boost in pre-orders. That'd be that actually be pretty cool if they did something like that. That'd yeah. be neat. <laughs> I'd be alright that. Um, but uh, where were we? oh, we were talking about um, we're still we're still on the topic of of. Uh, Rockstar Nintendo. It's interesting. I, it kind of it kind of brings me back. I know it's not that long ago, but it kind of brings me back to 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 to. It almost feels like nostalgia with Rockstar Nintendo because it's been so long. I mean, what was last Grand Theft Auto? Was it Grand Theft Auto on the Game Boy Advance? <laughs> I, I like. Yeah, I, I beat all those. I've beaten every Grand Theft Auto, including the the Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advanced one. All I know is if they do bring Grand Theft Auto Five to the Switch. That would sell easily. Like they would, they would probably pass a million copies in the first month. Yeah. Well, and I think it would stay high. I, I don't know that. That still just seems like such a. The couple of people I talked to who know the tech really well said that it would be incredibly difficult. Like that game is just so big. It is built in such a particular way. They'd have to basically recompile and redo a humongous portion of the game to get it to function on a switch. Well, here's the um, here's the interesting thing. People were saying this chat. There was a working prototype apparently on the Wii U. Um, but uh, here's the interesting thing. This is this is something I would have been like, well, how are they going to figure this out? This is really tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of brings us to a topic that really made the rounds, and it's it's kind of tough because it does suck for consumers to say it doesn't is incorrect. It does. Uh, that is that SD cards will be they'll be required mm-hmm. for certain switch games. And I saw this and I was like, that that's the answer. I guess that's what they have to do because they, they, they had decisions to make it manufacturing. It's obvious. They decided to really make the joy cons intricate as they did. Um, and then take the, for example, the flash memory and shrink it down to 32 gigabytes. I have a feeling at one point they had this branching tree and they were trying you know, in development, trying to figure out what they could afford. Yeah. And they went with the left side or, or, you know, the, whatever quadrant had HD rumble, gyro, IR pointer that detects if it's rock, paper, scissors. And then on the other side was like 128 gigabytes of, of, of internal flash memory. And they're like, yeah, we'll go this way with the HD rumble. Uh, yeah. And, and it, it's just that's the way it was. They had to sacrifice some stuff to make that happen because I, no way they could have brought the Switch out for four hundred dollars with a one twenty eight gig and then made you buy that one. They did it with the Wii U. It confused people. It didn't work. You want one SKU, and mm-hmm. that's it. And that's just I, I don't even think people would want to pay more than three hundred dollars for the system just because it has a larger space. Especially if they find out there's a micro SD card in there, they'd be like, "Well, give it to us with a smaller size and let us decide what what space to put in there." Yeah. Um, like, uh, it, it's crazy. One of those things that everybody thought was crazy when they first announced it. But remember the Xbox 360 arcade edition? Oh, gosh. Don't, don't get, dude, I sold that thing. Don't get me started on that. Yeah. Well, well, even, but, even the PS3 had its edition that didn't oh, come with the hard drive oh, yeah. built in. 
Yeah. yeah and, but those things still actually sold pretty dang consistently. Just, I mean, I can't imagine to who, but they were a. there is a demographic of people who don't care about saving games at all, apparently. Well, they do, but they just don't understand it because a lot of yeah. them came into our store mm-hmm. with their yeah. PS3s and they were just like, hey, we bought this because the guy at GameStop said it was the cheapest deal, <laughs> but we realized we can't get any games on it. We're just like, yeah, yeah okay. It was hilarious. Yeah, there was a, a lot of people don't know this. It, I remember it was sold at Walmart and GameStop sold it for a little bit, but it was heavily sold at Walmart. It was a 12 gigabyte PS3. Um, no hard drive in there. It was all flash memory. It was, I want to say it was like $160 at the time. And that's why it was so cheap because it had 12 gigabytes. Well, you can't install most games on that. <laughs> like, yeah. you just can't. It's, it's so funny. Out. Yeah, most of the games needed installations because they needed the yes. textures on your hard drive to be able to... Yeah. There were work. a couple games that need, like... I mean, how much how much space did something like Final Fantasy thirteen need installed? That was like 13 gigabytes or something, right? Um, uh, something like that. And then I remember uh, GTA Four took up, I think, 25. So you get to that point, and it was really funny. They would come in and be like, it won't work. And I was like, you don't have a hard drive in this thing. And they're like, what? I spent X amount of dollars on it. And it's like, yeah, it's just cheap. And that's why. So they'd have to buy a hard drive. And what was nice is, actually, no, it didn't even have a hard drive caddy in it. No, it didn't. We had the foam. We had hard drive. Yeah, we either foam made them or we would um, we would order the hard drive caddies. <laughs> the, only interesting, the only interesting thing that it had was when you plug the hard drive in and turned it on, it simply said, oh, you now have a hard drive. Cool. You want to just copy everything over? <laughs> we'll just copy everything over. And it did it all. Um, but that was an example. And you're right, Max. Um, the 360 not coming with a hard drive, right? You said the arcade. Uh, yep. There are games on the 360 that need a hard drive. Grand Theft Auto V needs storage space to install. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you have a good point there. Um, I think the issue a lot of people are running into right now is they're not happy that they have to buy an SD card because Nintendo has now has already, like six months in, made this a requirement, something that a lot of people are looking at and saying it's something that they probably could have taken care of in development. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I can, um, I can agree with that to an extent. I, I don't have a problem with it personally, but I also... I'm a person who's always installing and deleting games. That's never irked me personally, but I definitely see people who like the idea of having a console that's all in one, of like I buy 10 games, all 10 games are on my system, and when I want to play them, I want to play them. And now with such a small internal storage, that is impossible. I mean, I can't really even install like Zelda, Mario Kart, and Minecraft. If I want to start trying to play Splatoon, it's going to straight up be like, cool, delete something before you start playing. It's like, It'll get close. I'm trying to think. I know Zelda's massive. I, I, that massive. That's like a... <laughs> massive, I say massive. It's like a 14 gigabyte game. I, I can't remember. I think Mario Kart's... Is that like four? And then it's, I, it's I know Mario Kart's like two. Well, Mario Kart was one of the bigger ones because it's one of those ones that when you put in and installs all the online patches uh, and stuff. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, but I know Nintendo's been doing a pretty good job of keeping their installs small. Like, all right, so I I downloaded Xenoverse 2, and it was 6 gigabytes. Mm-hmm. I looked at that, and I was like, that's not bad, because I know the PS4 version is 14. So it's like, that's not terrible. But yeah, it's you get to a point where you're like, the SD card is no longer really optional, because like Re- Resident Evil Revelations 2, the second one, is 26 gigabytes. Destiny, the original <laughs> Destiny with all the DLC, I looked at it, it's like 46 gigs. Yep, you you need that SD card. And what's interesting is they did just, um, it's really funny, they just announced a 400 gigabyte micro SD card now. Um, uh, Western Digital, SanDisk uh, did. So that's, I think it's 250 bucks for it though. God dang. It's expensive. But but in like, what, a year we'll be looking at that and it'll be like 100 bucks. <laughs> so 
and then we'll be on to the next, you know, the the terabyte one, and then because the, the Switch supports up to two terabyte. So it's um, it's uh, it's 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 working its way up there. But Nintendo had to do something here. It was either release a system with 128 gigabytes and all this stuff, and it's four hundred dollars, or just let people decide. It really, you're not going to make everybody happy. I think just people are frustrated that. Well, you need to buy an SD card already. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, at least it functions. I feel like that's the most important distinction is like stuff like the Vita basically did not function at all without the memory card. Whereas like I personally, I actually still don't have a memory card for my Switch just because I haven't bumped into that wall yet. I'm probably going to order one now. But up until now, like I just installed the two games I'm reviewing, play the heck out of them. If I get bored, I delete them and install them again later. So uh, uh, yeah, honestly, the uh, the 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 money per gig, I would go for like a 128 if you haven't already had one in mind. Go on. <laughs> oh, I, I haven't done any research. So that's good to know. Thank you. 128. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, unlike whereas when I had my Vita, like you basically could turn your Vita on or arrange some folders and then like order a, a memory stick online because it can't do anything without it. Yeah, mortgage, you know, do put a second mortgage on your house or a memory exactly, card. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, it's one of those things where it like doubled the price of the console. It's like 150 for the Vita and usually another 100 for your memory card. A lot of people don't remember this. When the Vita first came out and the SD, and the, well, their SD card, they, I got called a card. their memory cards came out. There was a memory card shortage and it was actually, uh, I think, I think 1.5 times the cost of what it usually was. So like a 32 gigabyte card was over $100 at the time. Yep. I, Which is it's I, insane. I think that's what I have because I, I had a Vita full of PS1 games, so I got a decent-sized memory card. Yeah, it's it's insane, though. I mean, even now, it's they're still expensive, and the Vita barely exists. Yeah. Um, it's 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 crazy. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's kind of where we are now. You need, a, you need an SD card, you buy one, I guess, at checkout. But it is definitely anti-consumer, um, I will say that. And... Uh, Mostly because you need it for any like any of the bigger games coming out. I have a feeling I already know NBA needs one. They already said that. Uh, we already know Res- Revelations Two needs one. In fact, when you buy the the double pack at physical retail, you get uh, the cart will be the first one, and then you get a download code for the second one. Jesus, is how it's going to be. Yep, that's how it's going to be. Um, so I guess you might as well get it digital because you don't get both anyway physically. <laughs> um, and uh, so. Do that, get an SD card because games will need them. Um, but I mean, look at it this way. There's another way to look at this. Nintendo could have just said, uh, no, you need to figure it out to the third party developers, in which case third party developers would have been like, well, I guess we're not doing it. <laughs> in this case, Nintendo had to figure out a way and at least they figured something out, even if it's not the best thing for consumers. They didn't turn third parties away, you know? They worked with them and figured it out. Um, although I do wish they would allow us to at least give us the option again to plug our hard drives into the dock and use a hard drive like we did with the Wii U. Yeah. Um, I mean, it does, the, it, it does have all those USB ports that don't really do anything. has a USB 3 port on the back even. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, why, why not? I mean, I know there are people who are going to like, well, it doesn't work portably. Then, I mean, get an SD card. I mean, there's a lot of people that I talk to, even though I don't use it that way. I mostly use it as a handheld. They're like, I never take it out of the dock. It's always yep. in the dock. And it's That's like, me. Oh, yeah. Well, there you I mean, go. You would, you it would might benefit. come in a patch eventually. We have seen that in the past with the last generation. Yeah, just no, patching yeah. the ability. Yeah, actually, they patched. Believe it or not, they they pushed a firmware patch on uh, either day one or two to actually activate the USB three port. Yeah. <laughs> so I could see them doing it eventually, as with the the gaming library gets so huge that maybe that becomes a thing where you have all your games at home, but then you try to maybe even shift games around to be like, all right, well, I'm going out for the next couple days. I want these two games specifically, and you just move them back and forth and leave. 
that yeah. would be cool if they let you do that. Like, sh- like you take you have your hard drive in, like you're saying, you, and you literally just hit a button. It's like, oh, copy it over to the SD card because I'm leaving with it. Yep. Sort of like uh, I always liked the what is it called? Uh, Final Fantasy X uh, HD remake for the Vita and PS4, and it just basically has like a a system where you upload save files back and forth. I imagine it having a thing where it just Wait, transfers. That one, a, that one had a download code for the Vita. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and that's what I'm saying. It's like you could you could baton pass the game back and forth, basically. And so I, I would like it'd be cool to me if the Switch had some sort of thing of like the dock is the super system, and you could put whatever three games you want at a time on the actual little handheld, carry it around, and come back and put it back in. You have like 50 games on the system itself. The super system, I like that. <laughs> it, if uh, if. Nintendo themselves doesn't do it. Hackers certainly will. Hackers are already messed with those USB ports. Like I've got one of these adapters that makes it where I can play. I can use a PS4 controller on my uh, Switch. I because... ordered one. Yeah, yeah. It's I cool. ordered, it's, um, it, it actually lets me use my uh, Xbox One controller on it. Yep. And I think that's super cool, and it's one of those. It just shows people are already really getting into the guts. Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. And I ordered. Uh, I ordered those clear Joy-Con uh, shells too. Nice. <laughs> I'm actually kind of excited to try that. I pre-ordered one of those crystal PS4 controllers, the new like uh, see-through PS4 ones. Oh, dude, those look like those look so old school, man. They look I, like the old PS2 controllers. Yep. I love that. I still have a bunch of those. Uh, I have like the old wireless ones, so it's gonna be me being like, check it out, it's 2002. Woo! Did you order it on uh, on Amazon? No, no, I just did it through PlayStation. I had a link, and it just took me to their store. I do everything through the PlayStation store. Oh, I'll have to check that out, man. Because I, I really like the, uh, I like those. But what I really want alongside of that is Nintendo to to man up and put out a uh, Atomic Purple Joy Cons. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Even in that slight downslope that the N sixty four controllers have. Oh on yeah, sure edges, why not? I think it'd be pretty good. Dude, get crazy with their Joy-Cons, man. People will buy those things. Yeah, and I feel like c- companies need to get more into that of being like, if people are asking for it, just make 10,000. If those 10,000 sell, make 10,000 more. If they don't, you didn't really lose that much. I mean, just literally make a company, uh, a factory that's just spitting out molds. You know? mm, mm, yeah, it's just, oh, man, that'd be so sweet. Have that. I think the clear plastic one I, get, I have coming, by the way, I think it also replaces all of the face buttons with uh, Super Famicom colors. That's awesome. Yeah, so that, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty excited for that. <laughs> that's a big thing in the Dreamcast community, like all the super high-level Dreamcast like collectors get the custom clear mold so that your Dreamcast looks like this giant like glowing orange cube. Hey, do you have a do you have a broadband adapter for your Dreamcast? Yes. Ah, oh, man, I gotta. I see. I was either gonna find one or because I'm gonna try playing uh, Fantasy Star Online in the future. Oh, yeah. uh, the new community stuff. Yeah. Well, I found a guide where I can use my Raspberry Pi. Um, for something called Dream Pi, and it lets you play your Dreamcast on your Raspberry Pi as like a protocol server, mm-hmm. um, and it lets me play it online. But I need to get a uh, 56k to USB modem because you played through 56k. Yeah, <laughs> that stuff. I so I, I have since obviously I'm Dreamcast guy. I have everything for the Dreamcast. Everything, all the rare controllers, the keyboard, the microphones, the mouse. Everything. Yeah, they're still expensive, aren't they? The broadband. Yes, mm-hmm. because now Damn. all the all the hackers want them now. Oh, man, that's too bad. I thought they dropped in price for like a little while. Uh, it did. This up. is the time where they're going to be the most expensive because obviously today is the 18th anniversary of the release of the American Dreamcast. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, oh, that's it. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to get one now. Yeah, they're like hundred, anywhere from 150 to $200 still. Mm. Man. It's like the, like the GameCube uh, component cable. That's always going to be $200. 
Did you see uh, who you call it? Oh, you saw that, right? Super Metal yeah. Jesus. The, me the, metal, um, the Metal Jesus rocks kerfuffle. Yeah. 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 I call Super Metal Jesus. is funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, um, th he, they hit it and they, like, shorted out their entire um, – their entire system so it's it's interesting but that that looks so cool to have hdmi running out of your gamecube so yeah well and it's something for dreamcast or uh gamecube uh gamecube and dreamcast really upscale cleanly i actually i have a this box uh i have like a, a big box that basically makes my dreamcast hdmi and it looks super good i still play dreamcast stuff occasionally and it looks super good in hd yeah, I was trying to figure out how I was going to capture it, and that's, I guess, the way I'd have to do it, go through a bunch of converter boxes to come out yeah. HDMI. Yeah, well, yeah, the easiest way to do it is to RGB to HDMI and then HDMI into your capture card. So, I mean, it's like $100 in cables, but it's a good, the easiest way to do it. Is that um is that how it uh how it works though that way? So, yeah. Wait, you, you have a box, right? Yeah. I have the, uh I have, like, the best one. Uh, oh, like, I think it's hooked up to my TV. What, what is it called? It is the... Uh, the retro bit, this thing, and it as you can see, it's a Dreamcast frequency is going in, and then HD and the RGB is coming out. So it thinks it's like a computer monitor, and it goes into my TV. My TV has like a computer in. Wait, can you hold that up again? Let me see. Yeah. Okay. Hold Sorry. On. Just, that was <laughs> very close to something we've had rocking for a while. There we go. The retro bit. This one, I mean, I swear by it. I love it. This is like the best one that you can get for like a. I think I think it's like forty bucks or so. That's not bad. That's not bad. I wanted to do like a Dreamcast night where I play Dreamcast games. <laughs> That'd be awesome. And somebody in chat talking about Grandia. Grandia. Grandia Two on the Dreamcast is seriously, in my opinion, the best RPG combat system ever. I own every single Grandia game, including the Japanese exclusive ones. It's such a great series. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's man. The Dreamcast is such a cool system. I would love to do seriously just stream, like us just playing fantasy star online actually online yeah i'm uh i don't want to spoil my video for uh this week it's funny that everybody keeps mentioning that to me but i actually had to record a bunch of footage of that because i'm talking about uh fantasy star online for this week's top 10. oh cool very nice yeah that's gonna be neat man i'm gonna, I'm gonna check that out i actually i actually usually watch your top 10s pretty much every week so <laughs> they're fun they're 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 the hardest thing for you to make but they're still like they're so fun hey we got sean long in here yeah, oh, wow. I, he got he got back to me and he was like, oh, I missed it on Twitter. And then he says he's, he's just like, I'm coming. I'm on my way. <laughs> we were actually just talking about Dreamcast, too. <laughs> nice. Could he use you for that? <laughs> um, we were just talking about uh, uh, Fantasy Star Online, maybe doing a stream for it, actually play online with Fantasy Star Online. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sir. It's crazy that that one guy, Stack, is still he has a, a private server you can access to this day to play on. So you can still play on the Dreamcast right now. Yep. You can play on your computer also, and anyone's computer, like a potato, will play it. So yep. it's, uh, you can just download it for free and play it. Um, yeah, you missed some of, the, some of the interesting topics, Sean. Uh, we talked about gamers, uh, reviewers being terrible at games and if they should be good or not at it. <laughs> uh, what was the general consensus? I would say, do you want to weigh in? I'll, I'll run down the topics you can weigh on in some of the ones we, you missed. Well, we can go our, from there. our general consensus is that you should be good enough to beat any game that crosses your desk but we understand that occasionally you're going to be assigned something that you're not the best at yeah i mean that that's fair like you should have uh, you know if, if you don't have basic knowledge like you're i mean a lot of people you know uh, equate it to sports casters or whatever and they say oh a lot of sports casters you know they don't play sports yeah but they have the knowledge of the sport 
to be able to talk about it. They understand how the sport works. If you put them on the field, they may not be in the best shape, but they would understand, you know, what to do or something. So yeah, that was, that whole thing was a travesty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, but then we talked about how uh, Crash Bandicoot, did you see the, the review for that at Polygon? Where they uh, where where he didn't even he couldn't finish the game and he even yeah. took marks off because it was too hard for him. Yeah, that's uh, I, I I mean there there's there's certain things like when I'm reviewing a game like if a game is challenging like I'll mention it but I won't necessarily hold it against the game. I may list it as a thing that you know some people you know maybe younger gamers or more casual gamers won't be able to get you know the full experience or won't be able to you know probably they'll probably get frustrated but that's not necessarily you know you can't just you can't just you know blanket it for yeah. everyone so well, that's why sometimes if i'm reviewing a particularly hard game what i like to do is focus a whole part of the script analyzing its balance of being like okay is every boss at least consistently hard or is there's just like this third boss that's pointlessly stupid as like a brick wall like I, like dark souls 3 was one of my favorite games of last year and it's super, super hard, but it's so fair hard. That's why I hate when people are just like, oh, that game sucks because it's too hard. I'm like, okay, well, then you suck. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> like, honestly, um, I actually just finished my um, written and voiceover for Samus Returns, the review for, yeah. on a Nintendo Enthusiast. And that game was actually surprisingly harder than I expected it to be. Yeah. Like, and yep. I just, you know, all I did was like, oh, okay, I need to adjust my play style. I need to be more cautious. I need to, you know, use the melee attack more to get what? my health back and stuff. Yeah. Like, and, and find save points closer to bosses. That was something I had to get in the habit of because I kept just being like running through a whole thing and find a boss. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm screwed. Okay, I need to find a save point so I can get full health and then take it on over and over. Exactly. Um, so it's, it's, you know, you have to adjust to the, to the game, you know, every game is made differently with difficulty levels. So, you know, is what it is. I said, um, I, I said, if you're, if you're a newscaster, like someone who's just doing news, so I'm sure they divide them up. Probably doesn't matter as much as if you're, if you're a reviewer, like I have a feeling some of the people who do news writings over at IGN or even videos, like the girl who's the host, for example, they probably don't even have to touch the controller the entire time they're there. Right, and then you know they're just they're uh, they're just you know reading a transcript or something like that. Yeah, yeah, you know? they, yeah they got the teleprompter in front of them and they just well, read it and then that, go home. <laughs> that's something I've always disliked. Like most people, like I, I think most women in the games industry are actually extremely talented. But I always had a personal annoyance with Olivia Munn because you could tell that she was just repeating things all day long. You could tell people would like tell her like. 10 hours of gameplay like let me explain this game and then she turned around and get on camera and go hey guys i just beat dark souls like no you didn't <laughs> who uh, is that who's the chick on gamestop uh, on gamestop tv andrea renee yeah she legit i i, I don't know she much is, about so, her so a andrea renee is the type of person she's not great at games but she plays them like 50 hours a freaking week and now oh, she's God. married to like the head of uh of xbox's pr or something like she is like but uh, I've seen her. I I see her online occasionally on PlayStation. She plays Destiny with like this hardcore ass crew. So she, she's one of those people that she talks the talk. But holy crap, does she walk the walk? <laughs> yeah, I was actually in GameStop yesterday, and she kept like popping on. I was yeah. like, I wonder. I wonder. Yeah, I was okay with uh, like back in the day. Obviously, this is on TV. I was okay with like uh, like Morgan Webb. I was alright with yeah. her. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's it's tough sometimes. There probably are quite a few girls, even guys. Obviously, as we saw with Cuphead. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That, that just well, don't don't play games. So well, so yeah, and that's that's a thing I've seen a lot, which is like uh, 
I love Colin Mortiarty. I was a big Colin Mortiarty fan when he was in the games industry, but he said all the all the time, like his whole point of existence was to get a journalism degree so he could cover history. And then he just happened to get this job at IGN. So he just decided to do that for like 10 years. But he never at all wanted to be a games reviewer. It was just like a thing he fell into and it paid good. So he just started doing it and, and he had talent at it. But I think a lot of journalists had that where it's like, okay, I need an opening and I don't exactly want to write about the weather. So I don't want to apply at the weather channel. I guess I'll try IGN. So it's like, oh, I guess I'm just going to talk about video games now. Oh, here's a, here's a mild Dreamcast question for you, Max. Fantasy right. Star Online 2 on the Switch. Do you think it'll happen? Um, I'm not sure on the Switch, but I, I'm not sure. From all the rumors I heard, they're still not even sure they want to bring it to America. They did, yeah. an, they did yeah. an American beta in February that I couldn't get into, but I heard it was really good and very, very final. And since that American beta, we haven't seen anything else. Yep, they just like to leave that uh, that page up to taunt us. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm, I really want to. I love Fantasy Star. Obviously, I, uh, Have you Fantasy played Star it? Portable. Have I you played it online too? No, not at all. I've, I've watched some gameplay. I haven't seen a single bit of it, though. I'm so ridiculously high. You can play it in English right now. You have to you have to jump through some hoops, but you can do it. I may do that just for the hell of it. When winter break comes up, I'm trying to take a week vacation uh, at the end of December, so maybe I'll just sit down and go into the Fantasy Star Zone. <laughs> yeah, go into the Fantasy it, it, it does look fun, um, the, the game overall, and it runs on junk. Like, I'm not even kidding. I think it, I think it requires a 7800 GT. Um, to put that in perspective, that was a video card that was top of the line, I think, when I was exiting middle school. Oh, <laughs> and wow. I think I have to look at the year. Um, I might have been in high school at the time. Actually, I might have been at the end of high school. When I think about it when that well, came when that was out and popular. Fantasy Star has always been about style over shiny graphics. It's always been about cool, clunky graphics. Let me see. Release date on love, that seventy energy I used to play the hell out of Fantasy Star Zero on the DS. I, I know, right? I played yeah. that game so, dude. I was dude, so addicted to dude, it. You know what's funny? Nobody talks about that. Do you remember how weird it was? Because it had like a Western art style to it. Like yes. there was literally cowboys walking around and stuff. That yeah. game was so crazy. And I don't think it sold any. Like I, I, I had a copy, and I don't think I've ever seen a copy in stores since. I was a, yeah. uh, I was a, I was a junior in high school when that was popular. The seven hundred GT. So yeah, it'll run on the Switch. <laughs> Yeah, that that game was that game was super fun though. It had like the weird little dances and stuff. I used to always just yeah. do them. God, I well, love that game. So I ended up getting a. They did a Fantasy Star on the PSP called the Fantasy Star Portable, and it's it's super super good, but it drains your battery in about thirty six minutes. So oh, did you wow. get one of those massive? Did you get one of those massive PSP batteries like I yep. had that like yep. like make the side of it massive? Yeah. So I got that, and then I ended up. Uh, what I did is I I used the TV out a lot, so I ended up putting TV out so the way the screen wouldn't even be on, and then I put the headphone jacket like everything i could and it'd be like last about two hours you'd be like in the middle of a dungeon and someone'd be like whoa bro some great loop power drop like ah uh. they never made a controller that syncs up to it did they no no oh that was there, a big misstep there were a couple hacks but they all sucked because you still had to be hardwired into it you had to like plug a playstation 3 controller into the usb port and they weren't very good Oh gosh! Uh, then uh, Sean, we also talked briefly about uh, Rockstar and Nintendo. Um, I'm sure you were mildly excited to see La Noir make its way to the Switch. Yeah, I actually, I actually really am because I, um, my old housemate um, had it on the 360, and we played like, like I played with him for like the first hour or two, and then 
I, he just started playing it on his own and I stopped paying attention to it. So I never went back and, and revisited it. And it seems like a game that will fit the switch well, as far as, you know, how it's broken up and whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, that that's really good to see. I think a lot of people are sort of overreacting with the whole, you have to buy it. You have to buy it in order for, you know, there to be more games. And I'm just kind of like, I mean, pretty much everything is, is selling decently on the switch right now. Like I, I think, you know, expectations are, will be somewhat reasonable but yeah i'm super excited to see that yeah yeah that's where um we're seeing good attach rates absolutely and i think rockstar when they see how well i think they're gonna be a little surprised i think lnr will actually do well in the switch um and there's actually i was even talking to the the uh max and evan here i have a feeling there is a chance that the switch version actually outsells the ps4 and the xbox one version only because that crowd with the ps4 and the xbox one has probably already played that game like max yeah. you've already played the game yeah. i've already played so, the game. so recently i mean it came out only a couple of years ago like i'm sure 90 percent of us still have it i have it on both consoles in fact i have it on xbox 360 and ps3 because it's like a but, buck but there are a lot of nintendo fans who only buy nintendo systems that have never played that game mm-hmm. and Very true. i yeah, I think there's a large audience that'll be like, oh, okay, let's try it out. Let's see how it is. And uh, by the way, that game is probably more mature than Grand Theft Auto now that I really think about it. <laughs> I would yeah, say. You, <laughs> you, I would you, say so. you, one of the missions, you actually try and help find the Black Dahlia Killer, which is uh, pretty brutal. Yeah, so um, I have a feeling uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to sell well on the Switch, mostly because Switch gamers will not sleep on it. I think PS4 and Xbox One gamers will. I think so, um, too. And you're going to see Rockstar go, oh, maybe we should get GTA, GTA 5 rolling on the Switch now. <laughs> I honestly think, I don't think um, like NBA 2K and WWE will outsell um, the oh, PS4 no, and the Xbox One versions. Sorry, I but I, th- I think I think they're going to sell pretty damn well on the Switch, though, like for for the install base size. I yeah, think. that's what they're going to look at as tax rate. You're absolutely right, Sean, because it's impossible for them to, like, there's a good chance more uh, NBAs sell on the PS4 than there are Switch units out there. If Oh, exactly. You know, yeah, so <laughs> there's not much you can do about that. But keep in mind, there's also 60, probably 65 million, 66 million PS4s at this point. Mm-hmm. So what, what can you do there? They're just going to look to see how many people actually buy into it and if sports games are still popular on Nintendo systems at this point. Yeah. Um, uh. I mean, they yeah. sold. They sold me. They sold me. I was. I was. I'm a big NBA fan, and I was very hesitant about the Switch version to the point of where I was like, "Okay, I'm not going to get this. It's going to suck." But you know, that footage that came out of us, uh, Pax West, it looked pretty good. Like, I can't. The portability aspect is going to sell me on it. So yeah, the frame rate's different, but all the features are the same. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's amazing to me. So they're even putting the horrifying uh, uh, smartphone. Uh, uh, facial thing in there, facial recognition thing in there. Oh, where that's good. <laughs> it's like terrifying looking most of the time. Um, oh, David, uh, David, Laura actually commented in one of my older, my, the video, uh, Max, where I took the switch backing off and checked it out what happens without the internal memory. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually left a comment saying that they dropped their switch and the antenna, the Joy Cons wouldn't sync up unless oh, you were no. like three feet away. But there's actually two antenna plugs inside, and I could see them popping off pretty easily because I accidentally popped my Wi-Fi one off just playing around with it at one point. And it uh, looks like he reset it and uh, like reseeded the, the connection, and it works again. So good. I'm glad. <laughs> That's good. Always, always good to help somebody out with a Switch because they're not the easiest thing in the world to find right now. So, <laughs> um, But I, I think they'll be surprised. And then, Sean, we also talked about uh, the SD card requirement on the Switch now. 
um, and where people fell on that one. Uh, we we kind of thought it was, it's obviously an anti-consumer thing, but I think most people have probably bought an SD card by now for their Switch. And uh, if you haven't, well, you have to now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it, it sucks. And a lot, I saw a lot of people say, oh, you know, they should have included more memory on the on the switch to begin with or they should have done a different form of you know f- uh, physical media like if, if they did all that if they did a different form of physical media the battery would suck even more um and there would be you know like the umds like equated to umds i would much rather have the cartridge than the umd and yeah. as far as storage is concerned i mean it's a hybrid system like you're gonna need some at least it's not a proprietary uh, memory thing like something with the Vita or something yeah. with the PSP is. I mean, I can go on um, Amazon right now and get like a legit um, 128 gig card for like 44 bucks shipped. And I mean, it, you're not gonna like pe- people just are just like, oh, 128 gigs, that's nothing. And it's like, well, look at your PS4, look at your Xbox One. Like you, you install three or four games on it, it's full. You got to get another, you know, thing or, or delete something. Like you can still keep your save file. So, yeah. you know, it, to me, it's not it's not a huge issue. It was something that's coming. It's just it's fun to it's fun for some people to you know over dramatize it to you know drum up. Yeah, I bought. I had to buy system. an external. I had to buy an external hard drive for my uh, PS4 and my Xbox One, actually. Yeah, so, I, have, I, I have an SD. I just don't mind deleting stuff. I, I have the 500 gig PS4, and I have about 20 things installed at once because I have friends who come over a lot to play with me. So I keep like all the all my co-op games installed, and then whatever game I'm reviewing that week, and then when I'm done with it, and I know I'm not going to go back, I just delete it. Well, to be yeah, fair, I, I, I have like five external hard drives laying around. So. Okay, well, yeah. I did. <laughs> What were you saying, Sean? <laughs> oh, that, that's what I was saying. That's I mean, that's what I do. If I <laughs> something, if I don't have enough room, just delete it and you know yeah. keep the save file. If I want to go back to it, just re-download it. It's well, okay. with yeah. stuff like the like forts to seven, I'm gonna have to think long and hard about deleting it with my Comcast connect. Well, Comcast download isn't bad as upload. The other thing is gonna be over a hundred gigabytes. I'm gonna have to think long and hard about if I want to wait another night to download that game. If I just randomly yeah. want to play it again, <laughs> again. Yeah. And I mean, 100 gigabytes, you get a 368 after the OS takes whatever it wants for the Xbox One S, for example, 500 gig. Um, so uh, you, you need you're, it's almost like what well, you might as well buy some more space for your Xbox One <laughs> when you pick it up, unless you get the terabyte model. Well, it, it'd be um, good if you could back that outside, back that up outside of the system itself, and just reapply it whenever. Yeah, I'm going to spoil an upcoming what's in the box episode, but uh-huh. I actually, you know how I was supposed to go to a video game con in New Jersey, this stupid storm ruined my way back and they canceled um, my train back at 430 the day before I'm supposed to leave. So I ended up not being able to go and I was I was totally bummed. I felt like, you know, absolute shit. And I got this massive package from someone and I opened it up. Spoilers for the upcoming episode. I got an Xbox One and like three games in there. Whoa. Brand new. An Xbox One S. Yeah. And there's oh, yeah. other stuff too, like crazy stuff. But yeah, so I am learning, like I went to play, um, Wood was like, hey, let's play Gears 4 tonight because that was one of the games I got. And I was like, all right, cool. And then it was just like, it's installing two hours later. It's installing. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. what do I do here? I'll just play my Switch. And I just sat there and played my Switch while I was while I was doing it. So yeah, I'm, I'm quickly yeah. I, learning that 500 gigs is, is nothing. <laughs> I've, I've got the uh, Gears of War uh, 4 with the season pass, so I get all the DLC and stuff, and that's cool. But holy crap, every time, every time uh, a patch comes out or something, that game is just, it takes like, it feels like it takes two days to install the new patch. Like, God dang it. Okay, well, I guess I'm not going to be getting any headshots today. 
You want you want an adventure, uh, Sean? Go get a uh, Master Chief collection. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, yeah, mine's the Master Chief uh, collection edition of the Xbox, and that thing <laughs> it does take like a week to install. It is it is a it's, buggy mess. It's so crazy. I guess I'm just so used to the Switch. It's like put it in, you might get an update, but you know you you at least get to play in a reasonable amount of time. Yeah, but if you leave like your like I leave my Switch in sleep mode all the time. And it, it, I, uh, ne- so. I don't ever see updates because it always does it on its own. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of neat. Um, and uh, wow, so that, you didn't have an Xbox One before that, right? This is the first time? I, I didn't, yeah. I've been wanting to get a One S, and um, I've just been kind of just waiting. And then this magical package came, and I was wow. like, dude, that is crap. amazing. Yeah, Man, dude, that is it was, so cool. It was intense. <laughs> yeah. So I picked up. Um, I wanted to get Sunset Overdrive and Quantum Break. And of course, yeah. my GameStop had like a, quant- a sunset overdrive with no cover art and like quantum break was too expensive. So I bought both of those off eBay, but I got um, gears Four. I've got rare replay with the gears collection, like attached to it. Um, uh, Final fantasy something or another. I don't remember. It's like a HD type type zero HD. There you go. And then I picked up Killer Instinct and I got Mega Man Legacy Collection. But I find myself just downloading the um, the uh, Xbox 360 arcade Daytona USA and Virtual Fighters and just yeah. playing those mostly. Well, that, that's kind of something I really love about my Xbox One is that it's compatible now with uh, over 300 Xbox 360 games. So I'll put in stuff like uh, I was recording a video about Doom recently and so I was able to put in the Doom 3 BFG edition and it installs like a, an up version of it. So you basically have no load times of dooms one two and three and all the dlc so it's like the xbox one is good for stuff like that yeah Ooh. like i i do like that i'm actually gonna start because actually i i don't have a 360 collection like my housemate was the one who had like a million 360 games so i would always just use his stuff and then i just never really got into it so now i'm i'm on the market i'm on the hunt right. for those john, john real quick uh, real quick guys we're gonna uh john Steele actually left a a, a message that i I remember that Chicken Wiggle. Do you guys? That's a 3DS eShop game. That's like a platformer. Kind of. Um, vague, remember it? Yeah. yeah apparently, there are very, very poor sales, and it's going on sale on the 14th. Developer actually wrote like this serious blog post um, where he's basically like, I, you know, I did my best. Um, they're shockingly low for for sales and everything, and 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 he just seems like like he's really like i guess it's something he spent a lot of time working on and just it's not it didn't go well so, so it's um it, it's sad so they're 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 putting it on sale and they're hoping i guess more sales come through but the game's actually not bad so yeah, um, I, I've known uh, the developers, uh, Jules Watchem, who used to you know, be with Renegade Kid. And I've been following mm-hmm. Renegade Kid since the DS because they made those amazing Dementium games that were just like so out of place on the 3DS, like a, a first-person you know, horror game. Yeah. And so I've always, I've always loved them, and I've been friends with him for years. And mm-hmm. you know, when the company split, um, the, the one guy took you know the 3D properties and was going to do 3D games and Jules was going to do 2D games. And I guess because, you know, Mutant Muds did really well. Um, Zeo Drifter did really well. I guess, you know, this one for some reason didn't didn't do too well. It's a shame because he's a super good guy. And, you know, um, the game is pretty, you know, like you said, pretty good. But, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think it's just a lot of 3DS owners might start. Is there no way they can put it on the Switch? Because that's actually a place it would probably sell. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know because he hasn't said he's working on any Switch stuff, as far as I'm con- as far as I know. So, mm. Mm. okay, okay. That's uh, that's just something I was thinking about. If because Switch, he put something on there, 
and it's like it, it just it, it sells like doesn't matter what it is you know i, I don't want to say what it is othello was selling for a while <laughs> right <laughs> It's like what, whatever. What, what, what can I play on this thing? Um, but it's, uh, it's the. Uh, so, Sean, did you play any of Destiny Two? I know you're not like a. I don't. I don't know if you're a big Destiny player at all. Uh, no. Okay. Okay. Um, did you play Destiny One? No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we'll make we'll make this kind of brief, real quick, then, um, because I played a lot of Destiny Two. Max played a lot of Destiny Two, and Evan played some of Destiny Two. Yeah, beta. And. I, I already told Max before we're coming on here. I was not like super like I was not super like sold on Destiny Two because the way it looked, it looks like Destiny One. <laughs> like uh, it, it looks like it could be an expansion almost. It it does, but it's in the same way of I keep making the analogy of it's very much like Halo in that between Halo One, Two, and Three, you're basically fighting the exact same type of units. They just behave differently and they use a couple extra different weapons. So. It's not totally reinventing the wheel, but there are new a lot, a lot of new bosses, all new raids, all new levels. Uh, the thing that really got me though is that I really like the story. Like I freaking like I've played forty three hours so far of Destiny two, and I really the new bad guy Gaul is freaking awesome. Like, I, my problem is, I mean, did you really get into the the first Destiny story? No, well, so uh, I ended up reviewing, I reviewed Destiny and all the DLC just because it was a project that interested me and I don't think I ever gave any of the DLC over a 7.5. I thought every single piece of it, I gave the original Destiny a 6, then I gave the first DLC <laughs> pack a 7. Oh, man. Be- because, they- because they were just so bare bones. And even the oh. final one, which w- the final one actually started to have really good writing and really cool cutscenes and really, like, cool accessibility but was then really short. So they still had the problem of like, it wasn't worth the value. Whereas I felt like for the first time ever, Destiny 2 is a full package. It's $60. That is like 60 hours of fun. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I, I still gave it an eight because it has freaking microtransactions. And I'm still so, I will to the day I die, be so wholeheartedly <laughs> against microtransactions. So you saw that right when I posted it, I was like, this has this has micro do people not know this has microtransactions so i put that in my new in news wave and then i swear two days later everybody's I, it wasn't me who started but everyone's talking about microtransactions yeah. jim sterling ign the no yeah. everyone just starts popping up with it and i was like oh well, well I, I guess i was kind of ahead of the curve on that one at least <laughs> yeah well we've known about it before release they talked about it a little bit but finally seeing it my my problem was uh that it, it seems to prey on the most hardcore fan base. Because the main thing that's annoying about it is that used to, like, cosmetics are a really big aspect of Destiny, is, like, making yourself look cool and ma- matching with your team. So you could get these things called shaders where you could literally paint your gear. And you could literally turn on one shader. Like, purple's my favorite color. I'm obsessed with the color purple. So oh, I'd always make good. all my... over at SWM. <laughs> And so I, I would always make all my gear and everything purple. Now each individual piece of your gear, each individual like gun needs a separate piece of paint. They're all consumable. And the one way to get more is to buy them from this vendor with real money. And so a lot of people, I really think that this is just their way of preying on the most hardcore of the hardcore community. The people who are like, I'm going to play Destiny 2 60 hours, drop it and not mess with it again until DLC comes out. The people who are going to play this hundreds of hours. They're going to eventually spend money on it against their will. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's tough, man. I mean, does anyone like microtransactions? I feel like no one likes them, right? No, but I, it's the weird thing of, uh, I'm writing a video for Monday, kind of talking about, uh, how pricing has changed as business has changed. Uh, 
I'm playing this indie game right now that's super good. It's by there's this company called Ten Ton Games that I'm obsessed with. They're like the smallest. They're I think they're like five guys, and they've made this game called Neon Chrome, and now they have this new one coming out called uh, Time Recoil. You basically you're a scientist who has a gun where when you shoot people, time slows down. So basically, it's like a it's like a Hotline Miami, but the more successful you are at it, time will eventually crawl to a stop, and you can like take weapons out of people's hands and keep killing people and teleporting around. Super fun, uh, and that's a game that's like they could sell a thousand copies and make their money back. Whereas like uh, something like Shadow of Mordor or Shadow of War needs to sell ten million copies to break even. Right. Let me. But let me ask. I mean, you already max leveled in, in Destiny Two, right? Yeah, I've been max leveled. Yeah, day. I almost max gear. Like what? <laughs> I mean, this is a game that's supposed to last a while and people are already well, maxing everything. Yeah, but that's also, this is before the raid has started. So it's uh, it's what they call vertical scaling. For the people who have never heard that term before, basically, you reach max level and then you're constantly going up by percentiles. So if this gun is 5% better than this one, and then you get different procs and perks and stuff. So it's about building the perfect uh, set of stuff. That's the appeal of, of any online-only game. Yeah, it's the gear treadmill, basically. Yes, 100%. Get gear so you can get gear. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. But I don't know. I, I played it. Yes, I see. It's it's a fun game. It's an addicting game. I play Crucible. I've not. I've played one story mission. I've done nothing. Oh, wow. Crucible. And I think I'm level thirteen or something like that. Yeah. Well, I, I've done I've done about a hundred matches of Crucible now. I I kicked a lot. I like kicking ass in Crucible. It's really really fun. And it's also really fun to play it right now because there's so many weird abilities. People are like getting all these crazy rare weapons that let you do all sorts of stuff. It's it almost feels like reading a fantasy novel because there will be people who are just teleporting around and using all sorts of weird stuff I've never seen before. It's like whoa, everything every match is such a learning experience. So once I start to learn more about it, it'll probably get, become boring. But right now on the initial edge, like the first sixty hours is really appealing. Well, what did what didn't you like about Destiny Two? Uh, I hate the fact that you don't get a freaking car. That's ridiculously oh, bad. Oh, yeah. uh, the fact right. that there's such an interesting hub world system now where you basically, instead of having like these little tiny drop zones, you're basically dropping in the middle of the four big planets and then going to the branches of the map to do quests. I thought that was cool, but the fact that you're running everywhere was such a dumb choice. Mm. Um, I also, I, I still don't like uh, some stuff about it. Uh, it. It's Overall, it's a good game, but I still think it has the problems of uh, microtransactions, it's still not as community-focused as I would like. And, and I do think that it is uh, it, it definitely putting you on the DLC treadmill. People are probably not going to like me when I say this. I feel like this game was should have been Destiny 1. Yeah. <laughs> it should have yeah. been. They, Most they, people they, that I've talked to in the community say that as well. Yeah. They, uh, they, I, they charged us a lot of money. Not me because I only bought the regular game. They charged a lot of money to see what worked and what didn't with the beta. That I call the beta Destiny 1. <laughs> do, you know, do you know why that happened? Did y'all ever hear the inside story of basically Destiny, Destiny 1 was originally a lot like Destiny 2 in size and scope. And the last six months, a couple of the head writers like left and they took a lot of their writing with them. And so they basically ended up having to chop out a lot of the story because they couldn't complete it in time. And so that's why the final story has that famous quote in Destiny 1 where the guy's like, there was a great war. I could tell you about it, but instead we're going to walk over here. And everybody likes <laughs> to put that quote of, I could tell you, but I won't. Yeah. Oh, man. It's just, I don't know. It's fun. 
it's a good time. I just I don't think I'm going to play it as much as I thought I would. I, I'll, I'll play it max level, all that good stuff. Play it now and then, but I feel like when the next new shiny thing comes out, I'll probably just move on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely not going to be. I'm already working on my next review, and it's sort of seems where I'll probably go back to it a bit over the course of next week, and then I'm probably done with it too. Here's a good question from uh, Mr. Gintama ninety six. Will Nintendo have enough supply for the holidays? I assume that's for the Switch. You're not talking about 2DS XLs or 3DSs. <laughs> Although there was that great 3DS drought last Christmas. Um, Nintendo have enough supply for the holidays for the Switch. There was a, wasn't there a recent interview with there Reggie? Was a quote, yep, and he said that was their, their fear too. He didn't say it as fear, but he said like that, that they think they'll have a strong holiday as long as they can keep up with uh, supply. Well, here's the thing. I feel like if they could provide... 40 million <laughs> switches this Christmas, they would sell all 40 million. Um, so there's no way they'll have enough supply no matter what. Yeah, they, they, they won't. Um, it's, it's, I mean, it's always an issue. Supply, it doesn't, it doesn't even matter necessarily what console it is. I mean, there was even times when the Wii U was kind of a little bit hard to find. Yeah. So, you know, Christmas is just, it's Christmas. So, yeah, there's, there's no way in hell they're going to have it. PlayStation enough. VR was impossible to find, I think, last Christmas, too. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I remember that. Um, PlayStation 4 Pro was actually kind of hard when it first came out. I remember for like two weeks, it was really hard to get one. Um, and then it kind of leveled out. Uh, but it's just, they're not going to have enough. They won't. Um, I, I hope a lot of kids that really want it get it, and it's not the you know the the, the scalper people that get it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd like to believe that kids who really want it for Christmas will get it. But <laughs> realistically, I think – scalpers will be picking up super nintendo classics and switches <laughs> yeah i'm gonna be curious i'm curious uh when we're gonna get rev- I'm, I'm not sure i'm i'm not positive i'm getting one but i'm curious when they send out the review snes classics i i you know what all right so i, I put my name in for one they she probably laughed while she typed it out to me <laughs> but i i don't know if they're going to be sending any american ones out i mean sean have you heard of anybody who picked i i saw european um, Nintendo uh, uh, sites and media and stuff got some, I think, because they were at Gamescom. Yeah. But yeah. I haven't seen any American outlets or anything get them. Have you, Sean? No, and, and it, honestly, the NES Classic was a pretty weird situation because yep. we we didn't get one through the website Nintendo Enthusiast, and I was like, "What the hell?" Like Nintendo literally will sell me send me anything, like a bag of poop if they're if that's what they're <laughs> sending out. And so I, I messaged um, my guy, and I was like, "Did I need to ask for this or something?" And they're like, "Well, no, we did it different. We just did it to you know um, more media people and you know more uh, YouTubers and Twitch people." And I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. So I. I don't know. I, yeah, I have no idea what well, they're doing with that. I haven't so yeah, heard thing. I, I got the NES Classic uh, about two weeks early, and that, that was one of those ones where I got it, and I was like, oh, man, this is pretty cool. I, I wonder if this will sell like hotcakes. Like, little did I know that it was going to be this bombshell two weeks later. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I sent in for it, like, the day. Max, remember you even, you even told me, you were like, you should, you yep. should send in something. Like, the yep. day that they announced it. My, my email was in, so I'm like, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Although they did kind of pass around uh, Samus returns like it was water. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll see with that one. I think Philip is reviewing it also. Actually, I think everybody's reviewing it. I, I'm not. I, Samus, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I I don't have a I don't have a capture 3ds. I was trying to figure out how I'd figure that out. But. Neither do I. I'm just gonna have to. I'm just gonna talk about mine. I have my script written, and I'm just gonna talk about it and throw, show like public screenshots. Oh, okay. See, I don't know if we were able to do that, or I wasn't sure. Yeah, I, you can if you, if you ever. Because, you know, they send you those, like, official those official documents. And it basically, you're allowed to do... Because I remember back in the day, when I first found uh, uh, Sean's channel, there was another channel called uh, Nintendo Life. 
Uh, and Nintendo Life used to do every video like that. They would just literally, it was like two people sitting on a couch like, hey guys, how do you feel about Nintendo? And they would just show screenshots and talk about it. Oh, okay then. Yeah, I will remember that for next time. For when I, uh, when I, I don't, I don't know if any of the 3DS games are really coming. But uh, yeah, Pokemon. oh yeah, this will probably be the last. Pokemon, I guess. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not expecting to ever touch my 3DS again after this. It's my I guess Pokemon song. would be the last one. Maybe, but that's, that's my example of a game I would not review because I don't think I'm good enough at. Like, I have, back on the topic of being good enough to review, I don't know much about Pokemon, so I feel like anything I reviewed, my proficiency level is so bad. So even mm. if a new Pokemon came out and they sent it to me, I'm like, okay, cool, I'll, I'm going to have to pawn this because I can't do anything with it. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, I, yeah, I'm like, there's a lot of games that we get sent and like, I'm just like, hey, I'm not reviewing this. Someone else's, you know, who, who likes this type of game, who, who's into this type of game because. Dude, we already talked about Farming Simulator 17, man. Come on. So, <laughs> I, dude, I have a guy on the staff who, who wants that. Like, really? He asked, wow. Yes, he's okay. been asking for it and I'm just oh, like. I saw part of a video of Gamescom apparently with a one of the first, I think it was back in 2016, the, one of the major large, like, company show-off, like, screens they had, and one of the massive ones right inside the door was the most recent farming simulator. It was on this 100-foot projection screen, everyone standing around watching. It was, what you see, going on? the British Prime Minister, I think she's British Prime Minister, Theresa May, walking, she's at Gamescom playing Farming Simulator. It's a real picture that exists. Like, for some reason, Theresa May went to Gamescom, and the one game she walked up to was Farming Simulator. It's like, this is it, people. This is the pinnacle of gaming. Okay, so there's two There's two things that here. Uh, Mark Bryant asked, uh, chances of Sony announcing releasing new handheld. Uh, he says that they do hold this early conference every year Tokyo Game Show. Um, we kind of talked about this a little bit, right? Because uh, Dave is is was implying heavily, and they changed his thumbnail to it being Sony. And now we're all kind of waiting. But it seems like at this point, the internet pretty much believes that Sony is showing up with a handheld or some kind of new I, hardware. I I believe it. I'm I'm definitely full. I, I'll if that ship sinks, I'm definitely on it. I fully believe that, <laughs> that we're going to see a Sony handheld. If I'm wrong, I'll totally I'll admit I'm wrong. But right now, I do fully believe that we're going to see a new Sony handheld. Okay, okay. You think it's a handheld pure or a hybrid? I think it is going to be have a lot of hybrid elements, but I do think it's going to be it's going to be sold as a handheld. Okay, Even if okay. it is like a P, has PS4 power and plays PS4 games, I think they're going to sell it as a handheld. Okay, okay. Okay, even if it has like video out like the PSP kind, it'll still be a handheld. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. What do you think, Evan? Oh yeah, definitely. Like if that's gonna be the case, because we were talking about how it'd be kind of funny if they released it and in handheld form it was more powerful than the Switch in dock form, and they were just like, oh, this is just our handheld. So like yeah. it's almost that slap in the face on top of it. It would force it would force Nintendo in a really weird spot. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, what do you what do you think, Sean? Nope. I don't, I don't think I don't think a handheld. No, I mean it just it, it doesn't it doesn't they their their hands are pretty wide right now you know with the PS4 PS4 Pro and the PSVR I I don't see themselves extending back into that handheld market that has I mean they've done well relatively speaking yeah, in it they, but it's they survived they survived <laughs> I mean I just and and another thing is I mean. As there's been, you know, talk of it, but, you know, even before the Switch, you know, was completely unveiled, you know, people seemed to know a lot about what it was going to be, either this powerful thing or this, you know, hybrid thing. And then, of course, we got into specs and there's like literally 
nothing concrete that's been talked about besides, oh, I, well, I heard that. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I, just, I don't. And if that was the case, I don't see a lot of these Western third party developers that have been supporting the Switch continue. You know, why would they be putting their games on this if Sony's just going to announce something that much better? You it's, know, it's, is, it, is it really yeah. a quick cash grab? The only reason I, I so wholeheartedly believe it is that Sony really needs a second bombshell. Like, Sony's in a weird place where their phones aren't selling, their movies aren't doing as good as they'd like. All they have now is the gaming division. And so all the little whispers I hear is that they're just, there are so many meetings going on of how can we expand our gaming division? Because like, like you said, they are spread, and I think they want to find a way to spread that net even further. Even if it's with just a weird handheld, at this point I think they're trying to find any way to get their fingers in more wallets. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I mean, I can see that, but keep in mind if they if they do roll into the handheld, it's going to be very similar to how Nintendo rolled into the the Switch, where the Wii U was not a good system for them. I mean, Sony's be rolling in that same fashion in the handheld division with the Vita not being a good system for them. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting because they'll be playing the part of what kind of Nintendo did here, which means they have to kind of show up with a home run almost. Well, the stakes yeah. are even raised because, I mean, even prior to that, the PSP Go, like, no one gave a crap about that. That was so, so it's just bad. That big That's downhill slope, and then now they have to dig out of that hole and be like, hey, here we go. Yeah. Well, another thing is, like, how much, like, obviously, if Sony's going to release something like this, it would have to be, you know, the general consensus is they would go for more power and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, but at what cost would that come at? I mean, the, for, for what the Switch is, it's pretty, you know, ergonomical in terms of balancing power and um, battery life and whatnot. Like, is there really that much more you can you could do right now in 2017? Well, with the, uh, the amount of money that Nintendo seemed to put in their Joy-Cons, I could see them kind of maybe squeezing a little extra out if they don't have detachable controllers or any of that. Yeah, Stuff. that's true. I, the biggest drawback I see is uh, from from the specs, because I looked at those specs a lot, and I looked at the translated like patent notes, and the biggest thing is I think this handheld, if it does exist, is going to be heavy. I think that they're going to be <laughs> putting batteries in every part of it. That way it can have power and not have a three-hour battery life, because so many of their handhelds have had that major complaint of like, it's great, but if you have it on a train ride, you better have a charger. Well, will you um? How do you think? Like, uh, personally, do you think something like an iPad is heavy? Not particularly. No, I mean it's it's a flimsy three pounds. You know, you'd be you'd be you'd be surprised. There's actually the battery in an iPad is almost three times the size of the battery in the Switch. Jesus, it's hmm. eleven thousand five hundred sixty for the most part in a, in an iPad. Um, and that's interesting. If you ever get a chance to open one up, it's kind of cool. They actually flatten it really well, and the entire back of the iPad is basically a resting battery. And uh, but yeah, they get a very large battery in there, and that's why the battery life is so um, so large, despite the system being pretty thin. Um, so I mean, they could go something with that. I mean, we saw those weird images of it looking almost like a like a tablet. That we saw the the patents of it being like this really ugly looking handheld. Um, yeah, well, it's cool. I, I actually think the patents look cool, but those controllers are funky. Yeah. They're they're <laughs> so rectangular. It really looks. It really looks like uh, Wiimotes. It looks like giant rectangular Wiimotes. Here's here's the thing. I I, I want to see a handheld, and I want to see it because 
it would create competition in what would become a pretty one-horse race in the handheld market with Nintendo and the Switch. Um, because if Sony's there, Nintendo's like, well, we got to figure more stuff out to, to, to be better than them, and then Sony's going to work on it. And really, that just helps the consumers overall. I mean, if if the, if the Sony's there and everyone's using SD cards, you know, SD card manufacturers will just pour more into that, and it's it can make SD cards cheaper. There's a lot of things to go with there. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I kind of hope the handheld's there just because competition's fun and you, you get the best announcements out of it. So it could be good. Um, but would, would, it, would it be good for Sony? Uh, probably not. <laughs> they they really ran away from the Vita pretty quick when it started failing. Yeah. Uh, well, in America, that thing's sold oh, yeah, like yeah. Gamebusters for years in Japan. There's still... It's, sell, yeah. Yeah. It, it's actually outsold the PS4 in Japan still. So Yeah. Uh, but honestly, at, at the rate the Switch is selling, the Switch will probably have outsold the PS4 by late next year, at the at the latest. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna be surprised how fast that thing catches up to the PS4 when the when the supply is there. The fact that you have to win a lottery to to have the privilege to hand over three hundred dollars <laughs> is still insane to me. Like, what what an honor! And they hand their <laughs> credit card to them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what else, uh, Dominic? Uh, put this. I saw this by the way. This was pretty recent because there was an AMA. Believe it or not, I was actually gonna play the game. Uh, and, and put a video out on it because it's uh, it, it didn't do as well as they would have liked it to. Um, they put a lot of money into it. And I don't think it did so well. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to probably botch this completely. Uh, Lich Sphere, Lich Sphere devs. Uh, for It's a game that's on the Switch now. And apparently during an AMA in the Reddit, they talked about how Nintendo is actually working on an achievement system for the system right now. What? So, that's, that's my biggest complaint about the Switch, actually, is I like achievements and trophies a lot. So even if it was only in each game and there wasn't even like an overarching umbrella system, I, I like check marks and lists. That would be super cool. Yep. It looks like that's happening. It's, it's part of their AMA. Um, I can actually probably... Oh, I can. I can read it right here. Uh, this was a question. Does your game have online rankings? If no, why? Anyway, I will buy tomorrow. This is for a person because they did this whole AMA to help raise awareness for this, the game because, again, they, it didn't do as well as they would like it to. Uh, and then from there, uh, their, the person's name, I guess, that was representing them was called Crunching Koalas. Uh, Nintendo doesn't have an official support for achievements and leaderboards like Sony or Microsoft, but we know that they're working on it. We'll see how it goes, and we'll add the rankings along the way. Hmm. So according to them, it seems like that they are working on it. Um, oh, and then right here it says, uh, oh, somebody highlighted it, and they said, isn't this supposed to be a secret? And then they said, uh, oops, move along, nothing to see here. And then they say, P.S., but seriously, I have a really strong feeling they hinted at it a few times. That's Tom, um, who is one of the developers for uh, Lich Spear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I say that so perfectly. Uh, so it, it sounds like the achievement system is at least being worked on. Is it going to be done and out anytime soon? It's hard to say. But that is, it does seem to be something people bring up a lot is the achievement system, the trophies, right? Mm-hmm. The, the achievement unlock badge, uh, the, the gamer score that we've kind of missed from the Switch for a while. Even Steam has a full achievement system. Well, I feel like it does motivate me to go back and play through games. There's something fun about getting that extra thing or, or having a list of goals of like, oh, apparently there's a hidden item on stage three. Well, I didn't like stage three very much, but if there's something hidden there, I should go back there and, and do a closer look and watch YouTube videos and wonder what that secret is, you know? I'll admit it. I played, uh, I played Avatar for the 10 minutes. It took to get the 1,000 gamer score. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Yep. Yeah, that was the easiest one where the tutorial level, you just juggled people with that opening combo, right? Yeah. And it so was just funny. quickly like, do, 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 to let it, but they just have a thousand. I think yeah. Madden 2006 was pretty easy too, which was really funny. 
I got um, a thousand gamer score and a bunch of stuff like uh, Silent Hill, Homecoming, Dead Space. Sean, do you have a you have a PS4, right? I do. Okay, but you just now got an Xbox One, so you 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 haven't experienced any real achievement stuff yet, or or you got a 360, or no? Yeah, I, I had a 360. Oh, so yeah. Okay, okay. I, I never I never got into it. Like I don't I don't really care about achievements yeah. and stuff. It just they just pop up a lot. Yeah, there's like yeah, there's I mean you really people fall on either side. Some people don't care. Some people are like I need achievements real bad for some reason. At least with Steam, they give you like cards, right? Isn't that what happens, Evan? They no, like no, no, it's just okay. achievements. The only time. And I kind of loved it, even though the game was just like fell down and was horrible forever. But DC Universe Online, you and I played it. Remember, achievements in that game was what, yes. after that certain point, was what kept you getting more power as you went. And I really liked that. That but, was a cool idea. Yeah, because you just had to be there for the seasonal events. You had to uh, make sure you complete the raid dungeons in certain ways and certain types of like systems for beating the bosses, and then you'd get more power. So it was like your achievements did equal something other than an icon and just worthless score that meant nothing. Have you yeah. guys? Have either of you guys ever played DC Universe? Uh, no, I'm not sure. I've ever even seen a screenshot. Wow. I, I played it briefly. It's actually not a bad game. It's on the PS4 and it's free. It's um, become a kind of garbled mess of horrible though like there's <laughs> you have to buy all these episodes and it's so expensive just to really play it out but at the beginning it was really fun and it was a really great idea but you really saw the greed kind of seep into it yeah. the, way, the way you're describing it did y'all ever play apb all points bulletin it was like yeah, a for GTA, a little bit yeah gta mmo but the, it, had a, it had that second resurgence yeah. recently apparently yeah and everything in the game was free you could just go around drive around do missions and stuff but you could buy the best guns with real money and so there'd be people driving around these like armored machine gun sports cars just killing hundreds of players like cool glad that rich kid's just fucking with my salad all day <laughs> Uh, my, my, my dad doesn't hug me. <laughs> just like man, I, I don't know. I look back on the DC Universe times. I thought it was fun, but you're right, Evan. The achievement system was cool because what would happen is you would walk around, you would find landmarks, for example, and then it would give you like skill points that you would kind of bank until you, you would get you would put them into your weapons. And yes. the weapon combos didn't matter if you weren't using the weapons, but they did have stats attached to them that did apply at all times. So, like, it's just this really interesting functional way because it wasn't just collectibles. It wasn't just finding things. It was kill this boss without doing this thing, which made it way harder. And that was a great idea of, like, yes, we'll do this. I'll make the team. I'll go, and I'll become that much more powerful because I did something awesome. And it just was a little more fun for me than just regular achievements. That's uh, uh I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get the platinum trophy in every Final Fantasy game that's on PS4, which requires like getting every single trophy, and some of them are so hard. Just some are like, all right, beat this boss with one character or get ten million dollars and stuff. So it's it's a pain, but it's really fun. Okay, so um, real quick, let's let's jump over and make everyone feel really old real quick. Uh, we Max, we talked about this a little bit earlier um, when we were talking about Dreamcast um, modems and everything. Uh, Dreamcast turned eighteen. Yep, nine nine twenty seventeen is now eighteen years old. Um, that was legal. a yeah, I think. <laughs> yes, you'll know. Um, great system, I think. Uh, I don't know if there's anything you guys want to share about the system since it's now eighteen, which is I think pretty massive to really consider. I, it, it seems it seems crazy to think that system's eighteen at this point because it feels like it's not that old. Yeah, but well. It seems like it to me. I remember it was. Uh, I was pretty young. I was twelve years old when it came out, and I remember 
uh, the kid up the street to me, his name was Bradley White, and he was always like, my parents are getting a divorce. It's no big deal. I get two Christmases. Well, uh, he got the Dreamcast the day it came out, and I went over to his house, and he was playing Sonic Adventure, and he was like running around at walls and stuff, and I was just like, this is the future of everything. <laughs> it looked super clean, didn't it? Like compared to yeah. the, like, the blurry PS1 and N64, it was so clean looking when I first saw it. It's funny, even that first time I saw it, though, I remember thinking, man, it loads really loud because I was playing so much PlayStation <laughs> at the time. I was like, <laughs> I was like are, are the games breaking in the machine? I was playing N64, man. That thing was silent. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it was quiet. It didn't even have a fan. <laughs> That's true. Oh I, no! I used, I used to know this weird Christian kid, like super religious weird kid, and he plays Smash Bros. really, really well. But he was really ceremonious. He'd like go over to his house and he'd like get out this this Nintendo sixty four, and he always like kept it in, like a velvet wrapping. He'd like set it down and then plug it in every time. It's like, bro, can't you just keep it hooked up? Why are you gonna be a weirdo about this? <laughs> you gotta be, gotta get you weird about it. <laughs> it's like it's just oh, Smash. Man. Come on, that's great. Oh, that's awesome. What um, what what do you guys think? Favorite game on the Dreamcast? Shenmue. Oh wow! Look at that. That was quick. Sk yeah. Skies of Arcadia. Skies of Arcadia. Okay, yeah, yeah. You can see our Skies of Arcadia. What about you, Evan? Almost any fighting game, just because of how smooth they were. Yeah. I mean, with yeah, the Street Fighter one we played. Yeah, the Street Fighter one we played that actually had the co-op, the two-on-one mm -hmm. story mode in it. That was ridiculous. Third, third Strike, Street Fighter Third Strike. Yeah. Yes, yep. yes. Skies of Arcadia is a good one. That that's one I would have probably gone with. Since took that, I'll uh, I might go with the original. Honestly, the original Sonic Adventure, just because of how how cool that was to see when it first when it first launched. I mean, it just looked so crisp at the time when you look at it. Let me just check. Yeah, uh, Last Blade Two, probably. If I'm gonna throw one at it, Last Blade Two. Okay, yeah. I, I just looked at Sonic Adventure. I Man, that was the first time I really saw that big, really clean looking 3D because Saturn did some weird things with 3D. Mm -hmm. visuals um but the dreamcast was just straightforward boom you know ridiculous looking 3d and that was the first i think the first look we had at at just a, a next generation 3d mm -hmm. yeah, i remember for sure. my the i think my favorite game on the dreamcast that nobody talks about is slave zero Did anybody Ooh, ever play yeah that yeah we know we that. Had a copy of that yeah i love that game where basically it's like it's the future and like everybody is forced to do like construction work with these giant construction robots and your dude's like you know what screw that and he finds this giant like robot gun like I'm going to go and defeat the overlords. And so it's like a, a third person shooter, but you know, with giant robots for no goddamn reason. You know what, uh, you know what IGN gave that game? I've got about a four, 3.2. Oh, really? Actually, <laughs> I love that game, especially at the end when you randomly get the black hole gun that actually like sucks up parts of the map. Oh no, they have one of the lowest scores on it for some reason. Other places give it like four out of five and stuff. I was like, nice. why did they give it a three? Oh, they, 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 they couldn't beat it. There you go. That game was really funny. It had a weird thing where you could like it was super clunky, but you could pick up items if you stood just right. You could like rip a beam out of the wall, and then if you pressed it just right, you'd like throw it like a missile, and it would instant kill like the hardest bosses and stuff. So it, the game was broken for sure, but I liked it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's that's funny. Now the Dreamcast was great. I mean, Dead or Alive looked amazing on it. Crazy Taxi was fun. I even loved Virtual Tennis at the time. So. Oh yeah, the, the sports games on it were mind blowing. That was my. I remember I went to visit my buddy in Georgia, and he had just gotten a Dreamcast. I was probably like fifteen or sixteen, and uh, he was like, "Dude, you got to see what like NFL two K looks like." I'm like, "All right, whatever." And like just sitting there, it was like. Oh my God, this is so amazing. Like, this is such a huge technical leap. Like, it was just. Yeah. And even compared crazy. to the, the Madden that came out at that time, it's still considered that 2K is the better of the two. So. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it plays yeah. on the VMU, man. 
it also had a uh it also had motion controls if you actually got the uh the dreamcast fishing pole you could play virtual tennis like with motion controls that sounds that sounds like like an accident waiting to happen (laughs) Uh, it was pretty weird there was all sorts of stuff i mean it had uh, there were so many games i i love the freaking dreamcast i had no idea you could use motion controls with that that's cool yeah well and of course it's also got it's got a couple of games that actually came with motion pads like i have samba de amigo behind me and samba de amigo actually comes with a a special motion pad you set down so you're doing your maraca moves it can tell how high and low the controllers are oh that's interesting Wow, that's, that's interesting. Uh, and then, uh, oh, Sean, did you do you remember with um, M- uh, NFL 2K how your um, the characters couldn't close their hands? Yes, they just stuck like this. This is how their hands they were just rendered <laughs> like this automatically. That was good. <laughs> I I still think that was one of my favorite things. Is I I beaten Resident Evil 2 like 50 times on uh, the PlayStation, and you kind of get used to like the muddy graphics, but then suddenly having it high resolution and looking good, you realize how bad it looks. And I remember. There's like a dramatic moment when two of the characters like Leon and Claire are meeting each other in the PlayStation. He's like, all right, if we got separated, you're going to need a walkie-talkie. And their two hands, which can't move, get close to each other. And you see the walkie-talkie like jump from one hand to the other. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the camera cut. <laughs> it looks really like, uh, like, were we not supposed to notice that? Oh, that's great. That's uh, so funny. It's just uh, old school, man. Old school right there. <laughs> no, it was a really good game. Um, Alien Front Online. I loved that game. Yep. I don't think I played that one. It's oh, good, it's, yeah. It's so good. I yeah, like that. Uh, yeah. Alien silver, people are talking about silver. Uh, silver, in my opinion, is uh, the most underrated like hidden gem on the Dreamcast. That game is so good. It's uh, it's basically it's like a hack and slash Diablo style thing, but it has really good voice acting. I, a really cheesy story. But good voice acting. Were you guys were you guys fortunate to get one when it first came out, or were you one of the people like me who got it when it was on fire sale for like fifty bucks? Um, I got it. Uh, my mom had to randomly leave the state forever when I was uh, thirteen years old, and as a going away present, she like took me to the store and was like, "All right, any one thing you want to consider this a final gift." And I was like, "A Dreamcast." And so, uh, so I got it while it was still out and games were still coming out. Okay, yeah. mine was like mid mid midlife because I, I have the black um sports edition bundle that yeah. from back in the day yeah yep. yeah my friend my friend had it pretty much constantly and I, i'd go over there every day after school so i never really needed one because he had all the he had marvelous capcom 2 all that stuff so we played that but then uh, eventually it went on sale for 50 bucks and i ended up getting it then so i ended up getting it when it was on its way out but i still got a lot of the games for cheap because they were fire they were fire selling everything the, the yeah. system was 50 bucks the games were like five or ten dollars that's yeah, that's awesome. what because because I own every Dreamcast game and uh, a bunch of my got like a lot of the rarest ones I got was at a GameStop. I really walked into GameStop one day and I had like a hundred dollars in my pocket from like working my first job. And they were like, oh, yeah, this tiny rack over here is all our Dreamcast games. They're all one to five dollars. And I just went, that looks cool. That looks cool. And I just literally bought a bunch of stuff. And then uh, like two weeks later, I was at this party and there was this dude with like really bad iced tipped hair because that was big in like 2002. And he's like. Hey bro, you got a sweet Game Boy Advance there because I just got the Game Boy Advance SP, and he's like, "I'll trade you a hundred Dreamcast games for it." And I went, "Uh, deal." So he gave me one hundred Dreamcast games for my Game Boy Advance. That's like what started my collection. I'm picturing you buying Dreamcast games from Guy Fieri. Uh, basically, it was yeah, yeah. Except it was an overweight Mexican guy. But it was overweight Guy Fieri. <laughs> <laughs> hey bro, I'm gonna take you to Flavor Town. Give me your Game Boy. <laughs> oh man, that's great. Uh, okay, so we. I think we, is there any other topics for the week that I missed, guys? That people in chat have been obsessed with Knack too. So let me just acknowledge chat. 
Mac 2 is trash, and if you think it's great, you're wrong. <laughs> did you did you play it? No, I, I installed the demo. I meant to play it. I hear it's it's a step up over the first one, but I hear it's still not great. I hear it's like a great 7.5 out of 10 kind of thing. <laughs> and I mean, that was the punchline of the of, of the internet for a while, so that's fine. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't I don't know if there's anything else I missed. Oh, Sean, by the way, um, uh, uh, Xenoverse Two. I didn't I didn't tell you this. You might be interested. Uh, I, I actually bought it from the Japanese eShop, and it's in complete English. It's the exact version we'll be buying on the 22nd. <laughs> really? Just so you know. Like, if you're, if you're interested, you can actually go buy it. And uh, it's the same price because they discounted it 10%, probably because they know we were going to do that. And um, it's the same price. You just go on the Japanese eShop, and you get – I think yeah, I had to get uh, Japanese eShop codes for, yeah. like, gift cards off of yeah, – yeah, 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 I've yeah. done it. Yeah, um, but it's the exact same game. You actually pick which server you want to go to right in the beginning, so I just picked the Americas. Wow, that's, that's just nice. your winner. <laughs> by the way, it is an awesome, awesome version of the game. It is actually like right there with the PS4 version. I was a little shocked when I was playing it. Wow. Yeah, I had to, uh, to, to do a Dark Souls three uh, last year. My uh, my friend's like a banker and she's fluent in Japanese, and so I had to go on the Japanese website and like buy Japanese PlayStation cards to get it early because it came out like two weeks earlier in Japan. Even though it was still in English, it was like same exact game. They just sold it two weeks earlier over there. Yeah, because I'm gonna. Uh, yeah, I have a video going up. I actually already finished recording it um, for for Universe Two. So I guess if you're interested in seeing what it looks like, I think I played the first mission and then I walked around a little bit and then I did the handheld mode thing. So it's um, it's out the 22nd, but you can technically get it now. So I was really excited. I wanted to play Universe Two badly on on the Switch. I have it on my PC, but handheld Ooh. man. Real, real quick before we uh, close down here, somebody's bringing up in chat. This guy who's been talking about on Twitter, cool dude. And uh, do y'all want to mention how bad have y'all been getting hit by the random demonetization? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. Uh, I, had, I had two videos demonetized, actually. I think I had 20. Oh my gosh! What? Yeah, twenty, but twenty, but out of seven hundred. So I mean, that's not too bad. Uh, and all of them were horror stuff. All of them were horror stuff. Well, it's all horror, huh? Yeah, because, you know, I mean, I got my start talking about Resident Evil and Silent Hill. My first video that ever really blew up, I was talking about uh, the PT demo. And then Polygon ended up writing an article about or Kotaku wrote an article about my video. And that's where I got, like, my first thousand subs ever. So it's weird to think that that video is now demonetized. It just feels it feels weird. Wow. My, uh, oh, my RBI baseball review was hit. Oh, <laughs> what? Why? I, I don't know. I, I just fought it and, it, you know, it went back to normal. Yeah, I had the, the problem is it sounds like it's just an unleashed AI and it's looking yeah. for even well, the it, tiniest and, of things. Yeah. So uh, my all my new videos got hit randomly and I managed to fight it like uh, my Destiny 2 video talking about DLC got hit, but the review didn't. So I fought that and got it back. And now both the videos I put up in the last 48 hours, both those where I'm talking about demonetization got demonetized. And so now I'm fighting those currently, but I haven't gotten word back yet. Have you fought any of the uh, old horror ones yet? I fought a couple, but the, the problem is, and a lot of people don't realize this, a lot of those don't get a ton of views, and the yep. requirement is that you have to, it has to get uh, at least a thousand views in seven days. And so a lot of those old videos that have already gotten all the views they're ever going to get, basically, I'll never be able to fight. And so it's kind of annoying. Anybody who stumbles upon that, even if it gets a hundred thousand views, since it's getting them like 30 a day, I can never fight it. I mean, what if we can turn chat up and maybe some other people to at least get them all a thousand real quick so you can I, I take thought a about, I thought about doing that, but that's such a small thing. It, they're such old videos. It just feels weird to me, like, uh, personally, of, like, those those videos are what built my channel. It feels weird to just see them, like, YouTube itself deadening them off. 
Well, the yeah. hope is, I guess, as they sort the AI out, maybe some things will get rolled back. I guess, I, I hope. Crossed. So the reason this is a big deal for people who kind of don't know is that when your videos get demonetized, it's not just that they stop earning money, it's that they stop suggesting them because YouTube is here to make money. So they're not going to suggest videos that they can't run ads on because they're literally losing money to for people to watch it. So when your video gets demonetized, if it's like a nice hot topic, it's not going to get seen. Yeah, that's the problem because they don't want to. They don't want to um, recommend yours. They want to recommend one that is monetized, and that's just the way it is. But um, it's weird. It's, I don't even know what triggers it exactly. The whole thing because the news. I don't think that I is. had. I, I don't know what happened, but for some reason it came up as like, oh yeah, this is demonetized now, and it was like, um, it was, which one was it? I have to look again. It was um, oh, it was the Vivendi and uh, Ubisoft one. Let me tell you about one of the videos that I got that was demonetized. It was an unlisted 30 second video of a clip that I shot for Rerez where I said I liked uh, Castlevania Dracula X. I like the graphics in it. I think it's underrated and it has really good CD quality music that's pretty impressive for the Super Nintendo. That's all I hmm. said. Had no yeah. tags, had no thumbnail. The title of the video was for Rerez. And yeah, that got, that got demonetized. I had a couple unlisted videos too. Uh, I had my my video about Evil Within because I played the hour long Evil Within demo at QuakeCon, and I made a video talking about it. That video glitched out and got cut down to two minutes from thirteen minutes. YouTube randomly edited it, which I'd never had happen before, and so I privated it, and now it got demonetized. So it's like, okay, I get it, YouTube. You hate that video. I got it. Fine, we got it. Wow, so weird. So one of the videos I fought. My two videos that I put up, uh, one is uh, uh, reapproved and one is still not approved. Mm. Whatever. I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. YouTube needs to get their stuff figured out. I, I just wish they stuff. were clear. My whole thing is at least make it clear. Like I'm in a place yeah. now where I'm so worried of like this. This is my job, and I'm making content. It feels weird if like, all right, I'm gonna throw up. I'm gonna make five videos, and it's like cool. I sure hope that they think Metroid's okay because I put a lot of hours into making this video, and if it goes up on Tuesday and gets immediately demonetized, well, that's less food money. Great. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough. It's uh it's basically gotta put it up and hope that it doesn't get demonetized. Otherwise, you have to uh basically put in for it to be reviewed and by then its initial surge of traffic is gone. So <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's that's, that's not gonna work. Yeah. And that, that drives crazy of like a it hasn't happened yet, but I always I fear the day where a video gets like fifty thousand views in a day. I'm like, yay! And then I go on the desktop and I see that it wasn't monetized. Like, cool, bye. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, hopefully they get it figured out. Hopefully it's something that um that is uh, quickly rectified. Cause it's it's bad. It's bad for YouTube. So yeah. I just think it's an AI bot that they coded, they put out there, and it, it kind of just started picking up random videos here and there that didn't quite meet the right algorithm. And yeah. maybe it's just something they're working on in time. And like, you know, maybe three or four months we look back on this and be like, remember when that bot went crazy on YouTube? Yeah. That's, like, a, that's what I'm hoping. Yeah, well, because remember, it happened there for a minute. Remember when it claimed like uh, all the music on the entire website, even music people paid for? Remember, there was like a, a famous thing where YouTube themselves put out a video about it and the background music got claimed and it took down its own video. So mm. I think this that's, could be maybe, oh, oh, wow. hopefully it's another circumstance like that where the robots go crazy, we reel them in. Mm. I see yeah, the robots. Man, the robots are taking over, dude. <laughs> Scary. It is. It's real. It's happening. As long as I don't look <sighs> at what I look at on private browsers, we're okay. <laughs> 
so uh, I guess we'll close it out, guys. Um, you guys have anything planned for the the uh, the week for YouTube or anything? Any videos you guys want to plug coming up? Anything fun? Uh, obviously, I think we're all doing Samus videos. I got my Samus video is going to be up Tuesday morning. Uh, I have a, I, I'm very excited. I have a project coming out Monday that's going to be kind of addressing. Uh, it's going to be about uh, games failing. It's weird. Uh, it's about uh, what we consider as a failure. How Tomb Raider can sell five million units and be considered a failure, and then a game can sell a hundred thousand copies and be considered a success. So that should be interesting. Okay. Cool. Cool. Very good, man. Uh, interesting. Look forward to it. And uh, Sean, I know you got a really cool looking. Um Really cool looking. What's in the box coming up? But do you have anything else planned? I have a I have a forty five minute game room tour going Ooh. up tomorrow. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, that was my because um, I just hit fifty thousand not too long ago and um, fifty thousand subscribers, which is fucking insane. I know, right? And uh, uh, so that was the thing I said. You know, whenever I hit that, I would do a game room tour. So yeah, I filmed. I actually filmed a bunch of videos when because i was going to be gone from friday to i wouldn't really be home till late monday night early tuesday morning so i filmed all these videos i had them all scheduled and now it's just like oh well i didn't go so vacation weekend an unfortunate vacation weekend I mean, that's pretty much what it's what it's turned into but yeah it's, it's a good video it's uh very in-depth and you will see pretty much everything i own that's cool i'm about to, have to film one of those i want to do this for 75k so i'm hoping to do that early next month um, and then, uh, Evan, you got anything coming up, dude? Uh, not really. Mostly streaming. Uh, wait, I got a video I'm still trying to script for us to do for Dragon Ball Fighter Z. I've had a lot of ideas, and I wanted it to be one of our first more thought-out and, I guess, edited videos to be a little more interesting than normal. But see, we'll have to see how that pans out. See, people, man, people in the chat, we raid one person, and, like, they want to raid everybody on YouTube now. It's good. Yeah. yeah uh, you, you've, cre <laughs> you've created a pack of monsters. Do you see what you've done? They want to. They want to raid Etika. Have you seen Etika's chat? I, you can't read anything in it. it it's not going to work. And then it worked with um uh, uh, CND. Uh, CND. It worked with CND because his chat wasn't flying, and um they filled it up with spawn. I don't know if you saw that, RG, uh, uh, Sean. They they filled it up with with spawn, and he he was trying to figure out what was going on. So uh, his wasn't flying. Like <laughs> Etika's, yeah, Etika's flies, dude. His video, his stuff, like goes so quick. Yeah. So I, I it's. I only okay. see Etika's work when he gets mad about something. People always link me the videos where he's like, hey, guys, don't fuck with me. And then it's yeah. like, oh, he's a good video. Yeah, he's a funny dude. <laughs> he's funny, man. He, uh, he's actually really good at video editing, too. If you, like, look at some of his stuff where he, like, spends time on it, it's it's good. Um, but, uh, okay, cool. I guess, we're, I guess we're good then, right? We're good? Mm -hmm. All right. We're good to go. Um, thanks, guys, for watching Spawncast. I can't remember what episode, what episode is this, Evan, like 23? I can't, don't even know anymore, man. <laughs> okay, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for watching. Uh, next next Saturday night, we'll be here again, 9 p.m. Eastern, and uh, we'll see you guys then.